Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, henchies. Jensen Karp has been doing his Earwolf podcast Get Up On This for over 300 episodes. And to celebrate, Jensen is sitting down with hip-hop legend Method Man to discuss his music career, television appearances, from The Wire to The Deuce, and the debut of Drop the Mic, a show that Jensen created and is co-executive producing on TBS. You won't want to miss this engaging, candid conversation with one of the best rappers in the game. So check out Jensen's conversation with Method Man on Get Up On This. Available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Earwolf.com. Oh, and check out the new TV show, Drop the Mic, October 24th on TBS. Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, Matt and Hey everybody, this is James Bonding. I'm Matt. And I'm Matt also, but I'm the Gourley variety. I'm the Myra variety. The tired variety. Uh, we are joined by longtime intentional guest. Yeah, long time coming. <laughs> First time guest, Mark Bernardin. Hey. Mark, thank you for for finally arriving no it's uh it has it has been worth the wait i you know twitter uh i feel like twitter thinks we have some sort of beef where you haven't been on and i'm like no i like we try it's, it's an east coast west coast thing <laughs> so clear uh there is no beef uh mark you uh probably listening you probably know him from fat man on batman over on smodco network uh Friend of the Myras. I have two podcasts over there that are currently inactive. Feeb and <laughs> Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs. They're just uh, waiting. They're waiting. They lie in wait. Dormant. Stasis. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's like when you gotta saddle up again. They're traveling to LV426. <laughs> They're like Scotty, stuck in a transporter signal for yeah. 85 years. Oh, that's the episode Relics from Season 5. It's a real hoot. You get to see a Dyson sphere. Well, we have... <laughs> Proven our nerd bona fides <laughs> right out of the gate. If you were concerned, there weren't a bunch of guys in here just talking nerd stuff. Here it is. Uh, we this was uh, this was Matt Gorley's pick, and uh, he decided to complete the uh, Timothy Dalton double take. I did, and I you know like in the spirit of. I mean, we'll get into it. I, I, I guess I like this film, but I do feel like you can't you can't do all the bonds that you truly love up front. You got to save a little yeah. bit. And I thought, like, this is a good way to kind of fill it out a little bit. Yeah. And here we are at what we're calling dumb time in Pasadena, because I just want to take a second <laughs> to praise my partner here. Thank I've you, I've had busy spells in my life. Matt Myra has a busy spell like you can't believe, and he still makes time to get out here. We're recording this way out in, in the east here in Pasadena at 9 p.m., which is late for us. It's late. It's late to do a podcast. And I, you know, I soft, I sort of tried to soften the blow to, to, <laughs> to Mark. I just, I was like, hey, would you come do this Thursday? 
And then he says yes, and then I say, guess what time it's at? <laughs> now check with your wife. <laughs> and guess where it is. What part of town do you live in, Mark? I am out by Woodland Hills, so oh, almost as far as you can possibly get. Oh, my God, I'm here so while sorry. still being in L.A. Are you kidding me? That is ins- I knew you lived deep. It's deep. Do you want to just sleep here tonight and then head back in the morning? <laughs> I live balls deep in the valley, and... But it's fine. Good the, traffic time, though. Yeah. That's the thing. You like, 134'd the shit over here, didn't you? Uh, no. See, I, 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 I was meeting a friend for dinner in Culver City. Oh. I planned, at the very least, get over the hill before oh, rush hour. That I is see. my exact drive, the Culver to here drive. Uh, yeah. Culver and to so here. And so then it was the... the are we going to... The 110. Cali- are we going to Californians this? Listen, right we got a yeah. Californians in. Yeah. It was the 110 to the... No, it was 105. To oh. the one ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To It'll the do that five. Yep. To the yeah, or whatever. I don't know. Right. Oh boy. But I used to work at the LA Times, which is downtown. Yeah. So oh. This part of town is not entirely unfamiliar to me. Well, to have you a got it. The Dodgers were not playing at Dodger Stadium tonight, were they? No. They, they clinched were. in Chicago. Congratulations. They were Dodgers. shy. Hmm. I don't know what happened, but I guess Whoever, this is good. Hey, sports ball fans. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm right now an Astros fan and a Dodgers fan. It's hmm. really whoever can still beat the Yankees I am a fan of. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Mark, we like to ask everybody, uh, especially first-time guests, what their mm. relationship to the franchise is. Um, my first James Bond experience was... Uh, I was My father was a bit of a disciplinarian, uh-huh. as fathers can be. And I occasionally pushed at those rules a little bit harder than I should have. <laughs> Uh, including one summer in my seventh into eighth grade where I forged almost every grade on my report card. <laughs> and uh, because I was also I'm into not, this. I, I didn't have the plates. Sure. You know, like yeah. I wasn't actually working with the master key. Uh, I was caught. Also, my penmanship is not the best penmanship. Uh, How this leads into Bond is, is tantalizing me like you can't and believe. So, and so my father, a, a draconian disciplinarian, <laughs> Uh, on his good days, decided that I would spend the summer in my room. The whole summer? The whole summer, from June to end of August. Like, were you fed under the door? It wasn't quite Harry Potter. I wasn't the child (laughs) (laughs) under the stairs. But it was still a bit of a, okay, you can come down for meals, but there's no TV, there's no nothing. You can read books, but that's it. You can go to the library, Uh and you go to the bathroom. Uh, And that's when I started reading. And awesome, great things. But that was the summer that... Clash of the Titans oh. was on HBO for the first time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so my dad, though he punished me in my room for mm-hmm. two months, taped Clash of the Titans for me, but just left it running. And then at the end of Clash of the Titans was Never Say Never Again. And so I had I this, know this two hour wall to wall of amazing, because if you've never seen a James Bond movie before and you're like... 12 years old Uh video game James Bond is the best James Bond sure I didn't where he literally plays a video where he's literally like (laughs) the game is domination yay (laughs) Uh, I did not know that it was a knockoff of Thunderball I did not know that it was the worst of the Connery Bonds maybe kind of it's it holds a place in my heart and so that is my first 
James Bond experience. That is, uh, I think you've just you've just stamped your passport for a return trip to James Bonding. When we <laughs> yeah, do for never, never say, say never. never. I have to say, like, I think that's the best Bond origin story I've heard yeah. yet. That's incredible. <laughs> it's 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 Fleming esque. I mean, you were you were prison. Torture. You were in prison. I was like in the Chateau d'If if this was Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, but yes, I was, yes. <laughs> fed with you know. Big Macs, <laughs> Sloppy Joes, <laughs> waiting for Bubo and Clash of the Titans. I have to show. say, I, I'm envious of your summer. I mean, that sounds like heaven to me. Forced containment oh, and I'm, watching Clash of the Titans and James it, Where all I did was read Conan the Barbarian novels and <sighs> Dune and comic books. It really and, sounds like something people would pay a lot of money for now. Yeah, did you... <laughs> Have any appreciation of it at the time, or were you feeling punished? Or was it? I, I was one hundred percent feeling punished because my room also faced the street, and so I can see my friends just walking down the street to the museum, the museum park, the the school that was at the corner yeah. that had the basketball and yeah. the monkey bars, and everybody's got their balls and play. Hey, hey! Oh, there's Mark. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where was this? This was uh, South Shore of Long Island, Baldwin. Oh Island. my god. Oh. Um, bucolic Baldwin, Long Island, famous for Taylor Dane. Uh, sure. <laughs> that was our biggest alumni. Everybody else gets, oh, Billy Joel went to my high school. Tom Cruise went to my high school. Eddie Murphy went to my high school. <laughs> Taylor Dane went to my high school. Tell it to my heart. <laughs> wow. Uh, recently saw Taylor Dane on an episode of Cupcake Wars. Wow. Yeah. And was she a, a guest judge or was she She was baking? a guest judge. She was not baking. Oh, it'd be so much better if Taylor Dan was baking. Recently saw her as a guest judge on Cupcake Wars was a sentence I would have never expected to come out tonight. And that's why I still love living. After all these years, you can get some surprises. You gotta, you gotta really, you can't just do the same thing over and over again. That's right. And if you know anything about me, the, the little... I have I have said this before, but my honest to God, my television, I have not watched television in probably six months. You literally don't have a second for it. I don't, and it saddens me. But when I do have a second for it, you guarantee yourself, Cupcake Wars or Cake Wars is happening. Mm. That is the shut off my brain. Oh yeah. See, I'm a Carnival Eats man myself. Oh sure, I. I don't like to watch Carnival Eats because I am annoyed because I'm a better host mm. and I enjoy food more. I mean, yeah, but if you, hate, <laughs> if you hate yourself just enough, Carnival Eats is just like butter on your toast. You know, I recently went to a uh, county fair, the the Barnstable County Fair in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I had my I partook in some fried Oreos and the like, and I, and I got to tell you, all of it was not good. Hmm. It was all mediocre. Because you had moved past that type of food, or these ones weren't. No, done it just well. felt like this was like it. Just I just I have to go to the Minnesota State Fair, right? That's what you have to do once uh, in your life. I mean, I've never been, but field trip, guys, come on, let's okay. do it. Okay. Oh, we well, should do it. It's in August. I was recently this weekend in Florida myself. Not saying you were, but I mean, License to Kill was. And I was experiencing some Florida drinks that I'd never had, one of which called the Miami Vice. And <laughs> I took down a shelf load of those. And wow. uh, what but is in a Miami Vice? It's, I, apparently, it's just a lava flow, but they call it a Miami Vice at this one place in Florida. Well, they know how to market but it. It's a pina colada mixed with a strawberry daiquiri. And it's, <laughs> it's something wow. special. Sounds magical. Now, I have to ask you. This is semi-related to our podcast. We've talked about it before on the show. 
the James Bond stunt spectacular. Yeah. I saw on Instagram that you that you went. I went to the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. I meant yeah, and I meant you know, I meant the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. You're excused. Uh, you went. How was it? Well, anyone that knows me well enough knows that I I live for stunt spectaculars. Few things on earth make me happier than a live, corny, yeah, stunt spectacular where some Agva union actor comes in and goes halfway through goes cut and that is an actual high fall by a Hollywood stunt man <laughs> that type of thing like like the, I had forgotten because I'd seen the Indiana Jones stunt show before but I had forgotten how much they really try to drive home the premise of no we're shooting a movie right now <laughs> there are prop cameras and camera people and and for a stunt show that's been going for what thirty years now, I still have yet to see the footage of this movie that's being filmed. It's very reminiscent of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's not quite sure. And I, I'll tell you what, they spend more time setting up the scene, so three quarters of it is kind of rough to get through. But yeah. when they actually do get to the stunt stuff, even though you can see all the seams, I yeah. just love. That's the part I love about yeah. it is you can see. Where things are gonna explode ahead of time, and what I just is love your it. favorite part of that? What is your favorite set piece? Uh, I guess it would have to be. You know, what? actually, it was the middle piece when they're climbing up the like scaffolds of that Cairo building, mm-hmm. just because it's it's really choreographed well. Like, you, there's a lot of places your eyes can be going, and they go to the right places. Yeah. But not to tie this all full circle, I'll never be as happy as I was. Well, pre-Waterworld when the Miami Vice stunt show was at Universal Studios. I lived for that as a kid. And that takes place in Florida as well, which brings us to the point of this whole thing. That's right. Uh. If you're going to have a wedding, do it in Key West. (laughs) That's right. Amanda's cousin, congratulations, Robbie and Sam. (laughs) And now congratulations, Matt, Mark, and Matt, because we're going to talk License to Kill. I am very close to securing the... Uh, same uh, lighter that was in the the movie. genuine Felix lighter, not the genuine Ooh, Felix lighter, but the the same uh, lighter unengraved, and I <gasps> am planning on getting it exactly engraved. You have wow. to, right? You have to wait. W- is it? Felix. It looks like real silver. Is it? Is yeah, it like yeah, a yeah. Tiffany lighter? It's a, or something? It's a it's a Dun Dunfold. Dun, what is it called? Dunwoodie? I don't know. Dunbar? Yeah, it's, the, it's the big lighter company. Look at this one I just... Dunkirk? Oh, 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 oh. Is, is it Bic? <laughs> Positively Blofeld? Wow. It only works part, part of the time. And by part of the time, I mean it won't while you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool, because that's the lot of you used to not light the fuse on the bomb underneath James Bond. Like, I would kill him, but... It's really like a life preserver. But it looks like one of those mid-century chairs someone would sit in or something. It looks great. I think it looks like a half-full carafe of uh, strawberry daiquiri. I just want to say that I literally filled this with butane yesterday, and it won't light. Well, that's what you get. It's like the Christmas ornament you give to kids. Uh, It lights up. It's fine. Okay. Let's let's jump into License to Kill. Okay. Do we have to, though? Uh, unfortunately, Mark. That's so we know where you're falling on this, Mark. Yeah. Your first impressions? My first... It has been a long time since I saw it. Uh, how, how long would you say? It... Uh, I didn't see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I think my first Bond in a theater was GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. So wow. What? That's All a late, those you're years. You're a late timer. All those years, I came to it very late. I think maybe... My dad thought about Moonraker, and then my mom vetoed it because she also was like, "This is 
this was an octopusy movie. You're never seeing a thing called octopusy, mm-hmm. which fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was working at Starlog magazine, uh-huh. the venerable oh. nerd. I didn't know you worked at Starlog. I did. Oh, my yeah. first job out of college was Starlog oh, magazine. Oh my God. And they would publish these licensed magazines of mostly the worst things ever. <laughs> but we did a golden eye licensed magazine. So I edited a bunch of stories about a bunch of people who I would never hear from again, uh, not including Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful man. I'm sure. <laughs> I believe that. I, I do believe that. Uh, he'll, get, he'll be on at some point, right? Yeah. You guys are, you, oh, you that's my out? plan. He's coming out to Pasadena. That's my yeah. plan. At dumb time. We are going to, we're going to Malibu at stupid time. Brosnan. <laughs> Brosnan. It's, it's Gorley and Myra. Listen, we're, we're thinking about coming in. What do you think? Come out here to Pasadena at 9 p.m. on a <laughs> Thursday night? 009 p.m. We can do this. Uh, um, but yeah, it, I, I missed everything else in the theater, which annoys me to no end because you those came were the good ones. You came into Bond right as I was checking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where well, does where does Pierce Brosnan rank in your Bondums? Um, he is second to last. Okay, I think. that's fair. And your last is my last is Dalton. Okay, actually, oh. that's, a, that's um, a despite fair. the fact that I love Timothy Dalton from yeah. Flash Gordon. Well, yeah. that is where I came yeah. to yeah. the Dalton. Timothy back. Dalton. You never leave when no. that's your entree. Dear God, I don't know <laughs> if it's it's interesting to me because I feel like had he done one and left. He'd be held in a much higher esteem. I think so. And I think it's the fact that he did two, but they were just... They did two, and there was that gap of six years where there was no James Bond movie. And I think that somehow in people's mind, that's somehow Timothy Dalton's fault. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that he gets a bad rap because of that. And I also think that this film... Is is a a real outlier for a Bond film. It feels way more American than most Bond yes. films. Maybe second only to Die Another Day, and mm. its faults I don't think are Dalton's very much. You right. may disagree, but um, I mean I don't think yeah I, I don't think it's Dalton's fault per se. It feels to me like those later Planet of the Apes movies where they just ran out of money, yeah. except for two apes. And it's like, oh, oh no, sure, they, yeah. we're in a circus now. <laughs> we're going to do like And a- Montalban is running the yeah. circus. And it's okay because time travel, you guys. Yeah. We can't afford 8,008 masks. <laughs> we got two. We can't afford to globe trot in this one. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Miami. I know. This one takes place entirely in North America. That's weird for a Bond yeah. film. Slash Isthmus, which is some ridiculous... Fic- right, I guess because I'm thinking it was country. shot in Mexico... Yeah, well, so Isthmus is way, probably Central America. Well, it's supposed, it's supposed to, be to be, but it's fake. Yeah. I know that, but... Exists, like, but Panama, so, yeah, but yeah Panama, yeah. You might as well be, you know, on planet Isthmus. Right. It like, doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> no, I'm exist. interested in that. Yeah. Matt, where do you come down on this? Uh, I This is certainly in the bottom half of my favorite James Bond movies. Um, it might be in the bottom third but not in the bottom quarter Ooh, yeah all right yeah uh i really it is such a product of of 1989 yeah it's such a product of definitely drug movies um you know the popularity of of i mean every procedural show on television at the time every cop was trying to bust a coke ring yeah uh and i think this movie really illustrates that i mean really speaking of miami vice it does feel like it's coming on the heels of miami vice totally totally like it's an episode of miami yeah vice. it does a very long episode of miami vice yeah over two hours long 
uh, inappropriate, I think. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I could just, if I, if we could all just take 25 minutes out of every James Bond movie, they'd all mm. be 900% better. But They're then, all great. But then I'd, mm. I'd be missing like 400 minutes of James Bond, and I'm not willing to give that up. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Well, this let movie. me just say really quick. Yeah, please. I find myself being a booster of this film. I don't know exactly why. You're a Dalton booster. I am. I, I like Dalton, and I, I think because this... I'm a fan of underdogs and outliers, and mm. I, I do feel like this movie is a strange... Like it's the first one where Michael Kamen comes in and you lose that John Barry feel. Yeah. It's shot very brightly, but it's like really violent and dark at times. It's strange. In in the same way that the Brosnan movies struggle with tone, sometimes this one does, but for some reason, and I don't know why people will get upset at this, mm-hmm. but for some reason this one fascinates me. I can't say that I think it's good necessarily, but there are things I like. And then speaking of the drug plot. I think they're pretty clever in that they have to deal with the fall of the Cold War, so they can't go back to that. They they handle that well in Living Daylights, and then you get to this and you have to just do a drug story, but they make it the first real revenge story yeah. of Bond. So remembering that the rogue Bond is not a tired trope at this point, it's right. kind of one of the first ones, I feel like it has to get some points for that. Well, I mean, let's talk about the Cold Open. Yeah. Uh we're at Felix Leiter's wedding. Well, we're re- getting ready for Felix right. Leiter's wedding. And I was at a wedding in Florida, so keep in mind, <laughs> so, I'm in the tank. You're like, an I'm biased. You're an expert. This, yes. <laughs> uh, and we, did you guys skydive in also? <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> did. Yeah, and then we just fed the groom to some sharks. <laughs> we, uh, it, uh, I'm trying to just get it all straight in my head. It starts with us meeting Davi, right? No, it's. I don't doesn't think so. doesn't, doesn't it, it come does, right no, into it does the... because he is killing his girlfriend's lover. But it doesn't start with Bond in the car. I guess maybe you're right. I don't think it does. Well, before even that, yeah. the gun barrel music <laughs> is very different. That's where right away you know you're in for. Every yeah. every ten to fifteen years, they try something weird with like, I guess Goldeneye was next, but the music too there. But there's something like a zoom, zoom, zoom as the gun barrel comes in. Do you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's like it's a, odd. It is odd, and it, it sets the tone for what we're about to see. Yeah. Which you know they bring back um, what's his face is Felix Leiter. Yeah, Hedison. Hedison. David Hedison. David Hedison is back for the first time since Live and Let Die. Yeah, and the only repeat Felix Slider to date. Other than Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, to this point, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where does he rank for you guys in the lighter scale? Have you ranked lighters yet? We haven't no, ranked lighters but yet, we should. but thank you for the idea. Yeah. We're going to do that now. Yeah. But uh, I was just so bored by him. He is boring. I have he's a soft least, spot He's a little him. too old why. and... I don't know. I to like go up that. against yeah. Dalton uh, or with Dalton, it's and it just feels like. Weird. But is it like he was probably literally the only Felix Leiter that was still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Thunderball guy. I they feel could like... have gotten. They could have gotten the guy from Living Day. Oh right, they yeah. cast a new. That Felix is Leiter. strange. Now I would love to know the story as to why they would break that continuity that quickly. Was that? Con- My guess is this dude was cheaper. Right. <laughs> 
Maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. We could do it that yeah. way. Or we could spend half but as But they much. also make an attempt to tie him back to Teresa and that he was married before. So maybe yes. they really were trying to tie back to, yeah. An to older, Bond and go sure. back to Fleming, too. Yeah, and you end up with, you know... Great '80s wedding suits. These gray yeah. tails that are happening on yeah. them. Uh, into that. Me too. Uh, I find that the um, Sharky. I find to be like he's really just supposed to be Coral. Like Definitely. they're just like, oh, why'd we kill Coral? We shouldn't have killed Coral. We need to tie this in somehow. Oh, why, why? What about Coral Junior? Oh, oh shoot. man, we okay. killed Coral Junior. Yeah. Step and fetch it, guys. Are yeah. Dead. I, what if so. Coral? Jeez, I know. <laughs> uh, like I, uh, I is, and is, they killed Sharky, so they can't bring Sharky back. No, it is at best like we need more stereotypes. <laughs> We've got the Mexicans down. We'll get there. We well, refer to a bunch of people as Orientals in this one. That right? was also uh, crazy. <laughs> oh God. That was so crazy. Do you think? Because I do feel like this is at that exact time in history where you start to see the very beginnings of like progressive views towards racial identity and gender identity. However, they have not shed the bad things. So like, for instance, you have uh, Sharky, but you also have both FBI agents being black. And so they're right. clearly like, well, we're, we're covered. Yeah. And then we, we imported the guy from Die Hard. It's the other agent Johnson. Like, And also with, this was I found really interesting because Pam Bouvier's character is super progressive. She's a CIA agent. She's tough. She can handle a gun. And she's continually and rightfully so as a character going like, why are you like putting me in the corner here? I can handle this. Yeah. And I feel like they're going like, as long as we make the female character progressive, we can still keep Bond a total chauvinist and we're covering <laughs> all bases. Because he is more than in, in The Living Daylights. He... He's kind of really condescending to her, and mm. it's it's problematic when you watch it now, I think. Well, it's also like uh, he can't, uh, she can't, why can't you be my secretary? Well, we're in Isthmus. I know. It's a man's world south of the border. Oh. Um, and also, you know, there's the sequence where Sanchez beats Lupe right in the beginning. Like, you're, mm. you are minutes into this yeah. film. Yeah. And even as a thing to show how bad the bad guy is, it feels difficult to take. It feels... Yeah. Especially, I mean, A, he's beating her, and B, he's beating her with, like, a knockwurst or something. <laughs> it was some <laughs> kind of giant Didn't it look hide. like a, 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 a tail from his other iguana? It may have been. Right? It feels like a, a whip that you would keep like by the bedside, but not for sex. Like this is my travel beating whip. Like yeah. this is my, I, um, I don't know. The whole thing was off putting. It's my thrusher. So he's there. Yeah. We see him order uh, Benicio del Toro to cut the uh, heart out of the guy she was with. She is beaten. She's whipped. She's lashed in the back. Milton uh, Crest is there, right? Milton Crest. Kind of watching like a perv. Oh, God, Milton Crest. Is he there? He, I think he's there because he very well might be. He watches Dario's everything. Like on his boat, right? No, that's, that's not, not on the wave crest, boat, right? No. Uh, no, no. It's all. It's just like on a, a little bungalow or yeah, something like, like in a that. Bungalow. Dario and those other henchmen are there. Well, then they, yeah, then they, then they escape. Then they get word to Felix that Sanchez is in town on his wedding day. He's right. in his tuxedo, so they have to go. James can come as an observer. <laughs> 
which is ridiculous. This is why this movie fascinates me, because it is doing things you don't see before. Also, the editing. They are cutting back between Sanchez yeah. and Bond really rapidly. It's it's interesting. Right. And then we have the... I don't know. I just find, I thought the acting was terrible, especially for Felix. Best. I'm sorry, yeah. David. And I, again, I, like to defend it, I think that's an ADR thing because they're yeah. shooting with helicopters there's a lot and stuff of ADR in this, in this one, especially. But there's also a scene where there's just a shot of Felix Leiter and a couple of FBI guys running a camera, <laughs> slow motion. It's like a proto Michael Bay shot. Yeah. And it's another thing that feels out of place in a Bond movie. And it's another reason why I'm like, I like watching this movie like almost academically or something. Yeah, I, I mean, this movie it... does have the best explosions in a James Bond movie, mostly because they're practical, because mm-hmm. they are tanks of gas that are exploding, so there's finally <laughs> yeah. a reason for the fireball the size that's that it true. is. That's true, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I will get to the semi-popping a wheelie later. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that 100%. I felt 100%. very spectacular out of the entire end of the... Why, woo, this semi's on two wheels! This it's is awesome! gilding the lily system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they use the Coast Guard's helicopter wench to uh, just hook the uh, hook Can the a helicopter biplane? catch up with a Cessna? That's a Can good we do question. Some land speed uh, equation. You know, here? I think that a Cessna's top speed is not particularly fast. And those are those fast helicopters. And those are those right? fast Coast Guard I helicopters. I mean, it's not Airwolf, though. It is. I'd have bought it if it was Airwolf. That's true. It is not Airwolf. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> but it did feel like it was <laughs> nodding to Airwolf a little bit. True. Yeah. Um, the, when it grabs the Cessna and turns it over, I don't know that I've really watched this movie since Dark Knight Rises. And I was always aware that they were. He was probably intentionally doing an homage to that, but it feels lifted like nobody's business, like just straight up. I'm taking this under the understanding that most people don't remember License to Kill. Sure. And everybody will see this Batman movie. And it it felt a little like I felt defensive of this film a little bit. (laughs) I I forgot that bit from Dark Knight Rises. And I think in my notes, I was like, that's a kind of badass stunt. Yeah one of the few in this movie and like oh that's kind of baller well yeah. done yeah and uh it was the first it was the first time so yeah. sorry nolan yeah um okay so then they parachute into the wedding yeah there's the whole ridiculousness of them having to circle the block <coughs> and poor sharky having to tell them they're not here yet i know <laughs> clearly they're not here yet it gets into like sitcom territory which is fitting with priscilla barnes <laughs> as his yeah. wife yeah and then I, the whole wedding reception is just a travesty, as far as I'm concerned. I, I find that Bond is kissing her too much. What was up with that? I know. There is, <laughs> like, there is. Was, he, was he fucking her, too? I'm sorry. Can we? I don't, yeah, of course we can. Oh, yeah. Of course we can. Yeah. You're in a house of ill repute. You can say like, whatever. Is that, is, is that the only reason we're supposed to believe that Bond cares as much for her death as he does. I feel like that's what they were going for, yeah, but it like, doesn't come across the right way. No, but she no. keeps on planting them on his lips. I'm like, what? I, yeah. I've been to a bunch of friends' weddings, my best friend's weddings. Yeah. I am not kissing my best friend's <laughs> wife on the mouth all the time at yeah. the reception. Yeah. Well, you did with Amanda at our wedding. Yeah, Remember, yeah You came right well, up there I said, while we were on the know, altar. It's yeah. tradition, Matt. Please move aside. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a couple right. of times, planted it on the lips, and then you know I did walk in on that in that office where I thought you and your secretary might have been <laughs> <laughs> getting it on. A lot of confusion at your wedding reception. That's true, um, but it was uh, that is all very weird. I do like the first my first recollection of a CD-ROM. 
And did you see the size of the tray that that thing comes out? Well, it I can handle it, I laser think it discs. Also printed laser discs. <laughs> that thing's incredible. You could bake a pizza in that. It was thing. the most amazing computer that's ever been on film. Yeah, and that goes even the other. The second most amazing computer that's been on film for me is the computer from Eraser that made the tiny discs. Wow. <laughs> Does anyone remember that? Just the me. Schwarzenegger okay. movie. Yeah. But like tiny discs, like they used to sell those CD singles. Yeah, like the like yeah. And Vanessa uh, Williams is like I used the to buy those. I think I was one of the only expert. people. And it's the what is it? The railgun. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Oh, Do you God, remember? There's a stuff. quick tangent, but they used to make CDs that were shaped the size of a business card. Yes. But they were balanced, so you could still spin them on yep. a tray. And so, like for my first band, we made little trading cards that had each had a different song on it, and we would give those out. Wow! And nobody would listen to them because nobody had the <laughs> means to play them. Yeah, because you can't like take put it in a slot drive. You have to, it has to be a tray CD ROM situation where you yeah. can drop it in. Otherwise, but it, it's it fascinates me because it's still symmetrical and balanced, and it would still spin okay. Well, but you had to put the labels on exactly <laughs> right, or else it would get off balance and, and then not it play. And then you couldn't the hear. Our band's music, which is probably for the better. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Let's talk about Bond leaves after a fun evening of receptioning. Mm. Bond leaves in his... I believe he's driving a Lincoln Continental in this movie? It is a decidedly yes, dad is. car. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is by far the worst car James Bond's ever been saddled with. Except for that Daniel Craig one in Casino Royale. He's driving like a Ford Focus or something right in the beginning, yeah. remember? Well, that was a sponsorship thing. That's even worse. Though. But it's also like know. the Bahamas, and Ford's in the Bahamas are True. like sure. fancy. Okay. Totally. That's totally. Like a, yeah, I'll take it. All right. <laughs> Wait, but, but before lie. we move ahead, what about those title sequences? Oh, I like but the title. Did you? Sequence. I found it to be one of the more. I like the title sequence only because ones. of the my. It's one of my favorite title screens when the license to kill title comes up. You took a picture because of the, it. yeah, because the gun barrel is still up. Like well, it's not the gun barrel, but they're yeah. showing the image of Dalton in the gun barrel. It's like a photo shutter, right? Yeah, they're somehow really tying photography into this, and it's barely. <laughs> oh, I think it's only it's only, it it's no only because right. of the sniper rifle he yeah. gets from, yeah, which has the same gadget from Skyfall. Oh, from Skyfall, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Where do you come down on the Gladys Knight? It's been in my head all day, so that's mm. a positive. It's catchy. It doesn't... License to kill. I mean, it's it's catchy, but it's very, like, drive-time FM catchy. Right, like 90s. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very, very late 80s. It is the most, like, mom Bond song. I feel like I... I because I, it was played by Delilah. <laughs> I, I love All Time High so much and unironically, and I feel like if I love that, I can't diss this, but for some reason this one doesn't do it for me like that one does. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Robert Davi offers $2 million when he's in, in the prison, and they, they, they shoot it in such a way that you're like, well, obviously they're setting up this black guy to do it. <laughs> It's got to be the black. I mean, I with his Jerry curls and poor ADR throughout. This is Does he ever Johnson. have his own voice? Uh, no, I don't think so. Are you talking about Agent Johnson from Agent Die Hard? Johnson. Agent Johnson from Die Hard. Yeah, yeah they're Agent Johnson. <laughs> yeah, That's his yeah. voice. Maybe no, they ADR. It sounds him, so off every time he opens his mouth, and you're just, I'm just like, why, why, why are you it ADRing? Is, him? It is weird. You've got him. You've got. 
Terry from Three's Company. Yeah. You've got Sharky, who's the teacher from Red Dawn. Yeah. One of the thugs in the opening sequence looks just like Rusty from European Vacation. And the whole movie just feels like, I started imagining, like, what if they aren't just the actors, but those are the characters? (laughs) That if, like, what Priscilla Barnes left that, she left that apartment and found moved to florida and married felix Leiter. completely fathomable sure agent johnson still in the fbi yeah well he's in the dea right he He got demoted promoted however you want to look at it yeah the nakatomi incident they don't talk about (laughs) that's right well i guess the teacher in red dawn got killed but still it feels very much like listen there's a cast we wanted to get we'd have been very happy with Wesley Snipes as yes. Agent Johnson. Right, right. Or Scatman Crothers as Sharky. <laughs> Same birthday, he and I. Yeah, Cheryl Teagues as, you know, the. the as It'd be Della. very funny if they it really wanted Suzanne like Summers. Second tier. Oh, I know. And <laughs> then Jenny Lee Summers. And then. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, how, how deep on the death chart are we going? <laughs> um, but I mean, certainly they do a good job of setting up James's motivation throughout because you know you do get to know the wife and they take they take pains they take to do pains it, yeah. to sort of make you care a little bit about this new budding marriage let me ask uh, you guys something yeah mm-hmm. you think this is felix Leiter's first marriage or eighth <laughs> i feel like I it's feel his like first you do mm. i do like he was married to his job or something. i think that's it i think it was one of those like very late in life he finally decided like <laughs> i've been chasing the I've been punching a clock for 20 years, working for the CIA, being the man. It's time for me. Like, I'm old. My hair's getting a little white. Maybe yeah. I should just lean in. And I know. I, I identify girl. with that. I've yeah. got a gloft for you. <gasps> I don't have a gloft, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> At the reception, uh, the music they're all dancing to is an updated 80s version of the Jamaican jump up no. from Dr. Wow. No. Oh, my God. I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's one. I'm glad you pulled that out. I had none. I mean, there's the classic that the bullets on the semi make the Bond theme, but I feel like people know that. (laughs) I don't want to just take that as my own. That that is a known one. But here's Matt Myra coming in for the assist gloft. Not even the assist. The Gorleys look out for this. That's a guest gloft. That's a guest's look out for this. Good gloft. Yeah. Uh, And I liked it. I was like, oh, you're nodding back. And I feel like it's, you know, it's a world where Lighter was stationed in Crab Key forever Mm -hmm. and decided, you know what, I'm going to move not far from here. I'm going to settle in Key West. Um, And I think that he just got into the whole drug deal uh, aspect of, of law enforcement just by virtue of where he lived. Yeah. And you know, we have to talk about the escape plan and the worst rifle butting I've ever seen in a movie. Be- because he had pre-covered his butt stock in blood? In, in, in red paint. It's <laughs> yeah. not blood. It's red paint. There's no... You're talking about Killifer? I love this no guy. Tomato paste? way for... There's there's just... The blood's too instant. I don't think <laughs> yeah. the effects people understand how blood works. No. I have to show you... Killifer's IMDb pick because it's incredible. Is this uh who's this guy? Killifer is the guy that oh, double crosses his face, right? Look at that. I mean, he could play one of those Aryan thug henchmen from oh any James Bond movie. Look at he that. Was he was in incredible. Dune. I loved him in Dune. Yeah, look him up uh, on IMDb. Name will just be his Uso. profile picture. Kids, if you want to see the greatest haircut this side of Richard Spencer, take a look. <laughs> That's he's got a smart head of hair. <laughs> he does. He's great though. It's like I a mean, Donald Trump died on his head. 
Oh, if only. <laughs> I like him. He he plays off that he's really angry at Sanchez. Like, I don't know. It's both the actor and the character doing a wonderful acting job of, like, this will not fly. I don't think the first time I saw this, I thought he was going to turn on him. Oh, I didn't. Mm. I, this the 900th time I've seen it's this. It's a pretty I good still, It switch. still yeah. surprises me. Yeah. Um, you know, and of all the ways to do it, to jump off, to, to take that... Uh, Take that truck off that bridge. I'd be like, "Is there a? Be- Can we do this a different way? Yeah. Don't are we have you a? Sure, there are going to be nineteen divers down Couldn't there. Could we do like a magnetic helicopter situation? <laughs> or like, I just don't. You're, you're, yeah, and like the submarine thing, and then you're tying it into what's his name, Kreskin. <laughs> Walter, what's his name? Oh, Milton Crest. Crest. Milton Crest. Milton Crest, yeah. You know, because he, he's got the submarines. Um, it is it is a fine stunt. Um, they it's, don't spend too much time underwater, which I appreciate. You know how I feel about underwater yeah, scenes in James Bond what, movies. What, now, okay, so have you guys ever gotten to the bottom of why they're so fascinated by underwater scenes? Like, how deep have you gotten into well, the... Well, th- speaking they, about Thunderball in particular... Just in general, it seems like every third Bond movie, we're spending half an hour underwater. It has to be because most of the water stuff does come from Fleming, and he was in Jamaica writing this stuff and was living it. Yeah. I don't know. And then with Thunderball, we know that it was because they were so fascinated with the fact that they could shoot underwater... <laughs> that they were just really like You're they were. I can shoot the cameras underwater. I think that that was really innovative at the time to do something that high. I don't know, like production value underwater. That they really thought this will play for forty five minutes. I mean, I, I I get the aspirational nature of it. Like so much of Bond is is like armchair tourism. Yeah, you know, like ooh, look at these places. Ooh, look at these clothes right. and these drinks and whatever. And wow, we're underwater scuba diving. We could never do that. We live in Iowa. <laughs> But, like, the appeal, the enduring appeal of dudes moving in slow motion underwater <laughs> mystifies me. Yeah, I know. This one This one gets creative with it in some ways with the manta ray. And, but they like still you like to hear oh, some ooh, of the, from the big title book. suggestions that came on a memo ooh, okay, for this movie? So, so, License to Kill was not the first. Correct. I know game. one of them. All right, so this we've is... talked about this. It's it's license revoked, and they didn't use it because they were afraid Americans wouldn't know the meaning of the word of revoked. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, so Michael G. Wilson assembled mm. a list of possible titles because they had run out. Room. It was at this point that they had run out of Fleming titles to use. So Michael G. Wilson writes. Hold on, I'm I'm also doing some video. Sure, for this. I understand. Story time Go ahead. Ahead. Okay. Title suggestions for License to Kill. From text of the books, such as High Tension. Oh. High Tension was Bond's natural way of life. Free, uh, this is from chapter titles, such as, here we go. These are the, these are the titles. Time for Decision. What? <laughs> Take it easy, Mr. Bond. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that a lot. Uh, but I want that to also be a really easygoing Bond movie where it's just like a, a game of pinochle or something like that. Uh, the Eye That Never Sleeps. What? Here's, here's maybe the worst one on the list. The Job Comes Second. Bond Comes First. What is The Eye That here's, Never here's Sleeps? Here's another one. Mean? This one also makes no sense. The Pipeline Closes. 
The fuse That's an anal sex joke, right? The fuse yeah, and burns. that sounds like a bad, like it was, it some, meant something in Japanese, but when translated. <laughs> the fuse burns? What do you think of that? Mm, not it's much. Here's a good one. Background to a spy. These are all anal sex jokes. <laughs> but also, how does that work for the movie? And what does that pipeline have to... never closes. <laughs> all to play for? What? Are those words in the right order? Uh, and yeah. writing on my heart. These are all these are all ch- these are all chapter titles in Ian Fleming works. Or are they all Taylor Dane songs? <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> that works better. It's time to play Fleming or Dane. <laughs> uh, Tell it to my heart would be a better Bond title than any of those. <sighs> Take it easy, Mister Bond. <laughs> what do you think of the the note on Felix? I love it. That's from Fleming. Yeah. That's straight from uh, Live and Let Die. It's the novel. It's delightful. Yeah, that's uh, great. All right. So I suppose we should talk about that. That scene? Yeah. That's the that's the scene where you get... Or where he finds him or he, where it happens? Where it happens. Okay. So it's the... I mean, Robert Davi is really just having a time in this role. A time where... I completely somehow buy that he's uh, Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Because he's Italian. Yeah. Now, look, go back and revisit the first episode of this, and we talk all about my history with Robert yeah, Davi. It's a but, lengthy mm, history. but And it's complicated. For him. And he and I, we go back and forth, but I got to hand it to him. I like what he does in this film. <laughs> he's having a good time. He's having a good He's time. having the best time. And, uh,. And it also feels that everybody on the bad guy squad is in a different movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're all like seem to be collected from genres. Yeah, that's true. Because Benicio is doing something entirely different. I know. And like, take for instance his line, the one we always say, <laughs> "Have a nice honeymoon." Moon. I, this time watching, I was like. Wait a minute. There must have been multiple takes of this scene, and there's no way he did it the same twice. What were the other ones like? Right? You don't think like they did five takes and he did it that way every oh, time. Honeymoon. 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 All right, cut. Uh, what else you got? Uh, do you have like 78 more takes of this, Benicio? Yeah, I got it. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'll do it again. Have a nice. I got it ready. Honeymoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> when did Aaron Neville get in here? <laughs> I've been here. Honeymoon. You get in my pot. Uh, you want more take? I do want more take for you. Honeymoon. <laughs> you want to I got you one more time. One more time. Honeymoon. <laughs> Is this. How do you feel about Timothy Dalton's hair in this film? I know you have an issue with it. I have an issue with the many shapes of it. It's because it, it, they, his sides get full, and, and I think it's not so much that they're full, it's that they let them go over his ears, which is... You think that's my problem? Well, I'm it's saying... spray-on hair? I think it's a little bit of the spray-on hair. Mm. I think it's a little bit of the But I don't think that, they do... Dobby's got spray-on hair. He doesn't, and that's why you can see, you know, especially when it's wet. I maybe don't, that's it. You should have sprayed on some hair. I don't know. I like that they just go like I feel like Dalton. Maybe they even offered that to him, and he's like, "No, when I do the, my own stunts and I do my own hair." When he's in the tuxedo and his hair is slicked back, it's very like, "Ah, buddy, 
You're balding. But the, see, then again, like I, I have to hand it to him. He's comfortable with who he is. He doesn't need a toupee, and he didn't. He's still got enough. He's good. He's real. Listen, he's if gritty. I, if I he's, was Timothy Dalton, I, I he's would the Mother Earth too. Bond. I'd be very confident. Uh, Why does he never wear a suit? In this movie, he wears yeah. a tux twice, right. and then every other time it's like golfing with Bond. Yeah, and Live and Let Die, he may wear a suit once or twice, but he is often in kind of casual country club, yeah, casual or it's something. Super weird, like members only jackets yeah. and, and just shirts down to the navel. Like, what are you doing? All right, all right. Hopping in your Lincoln Town card. I know. From this is why it feels so weird. This film. It, it's as if they made every decision to not be a Bond movie. Uh huh. And they put it in a Bond movie. Which is weird because it's John Glenn's fifth Bond movie. You'd think he'd be... Maybe he's just like bored and really wants to... But obviously they're following the formula of popular action movies at the time. Uh, what do you think of the actual shark scene? The lowering, the well, leg I th- going. I like it. I think it's really cool that they put a chunk of meat in and it's this whole like cause and effect Rube Goldberg counterweight thing that the shark gets to eat. It gets a treat. <laughs> yeah. And it's rewarded further by eating that meat. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets more meat. <laughs> <laughs> Needlessly perilous. Yeah. Feels. Right? There's you know. too much happening. Do you mean like why wouldn't they just throw him in the yes. water? Yeah, just put him on the Why wouldn't they lower just him lower in? him in? Why are they. Because he had to like talk to, you know, henchman for. And go, all right, buddy, I need you to head down to the butcher. It's Key West, so there's not a lot of cattle on the island. So I'd like you to head to this butcher. He's the only one that gets full carcasses in. Yeah, drive on that seven-mile bridge. Yeah, I need a quarter carcass. Don't get a full carcass. It's going to weigh too much. I need a quarter carcass. Otherwise, we're going to be here a long time. Actually, before you do that, I need you to sneak into Felix Leiter's home and videotape his scale when he weighs himself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we need to know exactly how much he weighs. Now, if he tries to give you the full carcass, you gotta tell him no. I need him to butcher out that. You can't come here with a full carcass. We did that once. We were here for three hours. And I gotta tell you, the shark wasn't even hungry. By the time the guy got in the water, he didn't need him. I'm glad I'm here right now because I'm gonna come to the defense of this. This is not the, the most contrived assassination or attempt or maiming or whatever. You've got... The butterflies in the Eiffel Tower. Sure. You've got the uh, pneumatic door in Living Daylights. This at least is justified with Robert Davi being sadistic and wanting Felix Leiter to know, A, that he's going to be tortured, and B, that he's not going to die. He tells him right there, he's like, yeah. you're not going to die. So I feel like this is there to to horrify him. Or something. Well, I, I'm also familiar with uh, legs, you know, and how they work. And uh, oh, you're a leg doctor, huh? Well, no, I've just I've been I've lived with one for a while, and just uh, one, two. Okay. I didn't want to brag, um, <laughs> but uh, you know that artery's going. Yeah, uh, how that's are your they stopping femoral how artery. Are they stopping the bleeding. How is he not dead by the time he gets to his couch? Right. They must have tourniqueted it or something. I tourniqueted it. I love it. Yeah. Tourniqueted it. We're using it. Uh, Dario fixed it. Dario yeah, fixed yeah, it. Yeah, he did. I'm also a medic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I brought a tourniquet. <laughs> uh, okay, when Bond finds Felix, first of all, Bond first finds Pam. Mm. Pam. Um, I mean, uh, what's uh, Della. 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 Yeah. Finds Della and uh, spends too long with the body. 
again. Yeah, and and kind of holds it in a, a, a lover's bit. embrace. Yeah, it's a, a little, little looking for that third nipple. It's a little, and then when he comes out, <laughs> right? And then when he comes out and he sees the body bag, he I feel like he's not as I feel like he should be more upset. Yeah, and then that's when you see the note, and it did make me think that. That would be in the running for one of the props I would most want from a James Bond movie. That, note. that bloody Ooh. note. Oh, I bet Mike Wilson has it in his There's office. There's probably like three or four of them that yeah. the prop master made. I'll too. take one. Oh, God, I would love that. <laughs> Just to frame that in a shadow box. Not frame it in a frame so it's Yeah, flat, no, you want, it to, you want, you want it to be a little crinkly. Crinkly, yeah. 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 Um, like the Bartlett for America, but <laughs> of murder. <laughs> so James goes off. This sets off his ve- uh, quest for revenge. Yeah, but uh, first, the, so the cops come, and there's that one cop that says that it, this is definitely a chainsaw killing. What choice is this actor making? Because he turns around after he's done saying that and kind of laughs like, <laughs> you idiots, and like, I'm having a great time here at this murder torture scene. It is the strangest delivery I want to know what, what when if you haven't you watched this film Oregon. yet. <laughs> if you haven't watched this film yet, watch this character's performance. It's crazy. I don't know what they were thinking. Well, it's also like gotta be pretty clear that it's not a chainsaw. And this man's friend, his wife has been killed. Like you know, Bond is is personally tied to this guy. Yeah. Why would you be a dick to him like that? He's actively being a dick at that moment. It's so strange. Well, I think it's part of making Bond feel more alone than ever. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you guys think you would feel if this was the very first Bond movie you'd ever seen? Ooh. How does... I'd never watch another one. No, come on. It's but not I, that bad. Like, you know, coming to this, I'm pretty sure as I did, it, I was not deep in Bond the first time I saw mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you had no... And so not knowing the texture and the tenor of his relationship with Felix. Yeah. You've right. never seen Della before, ever, even right. if you watched every James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so given that they go on this little romp in the sky to get a drug dealer and they have two kisses of a dude's wife at a wedding, <laughs> is that enough to really justify hell-bent for vengeance? Do you remember your reaction? Do you, how I mean, did you I was feel? just thinking about it, like looking at it recently, yeah. saying... You know, it's a decent motive for it, but I don't feel like the movie earns that motive. It doesn't earn the lengths to which Bond goes for this, given that one of these women is a stranger to anybody who's seen a Bond movie. Yeah. And if you're just tangentially familiar with it, it's, oh, sure, I guess I will give up everything to chase down this drug dealer who is not, it turns out, planning world domination or anything. He's just a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. He's just a smuggler. Mm. He's not poisoning children as far as we yeah. know yeah you're right it, you know it feels like it takes all the steps necessary but it doesn't earn it in the execution somehow like they they give it enough time if done well there would have been enough time yeah. and set it up well enough but yeah. you're right whether it's the acting or the direction or something i don't know the the motives for me I mean, just as a James Bond fan, I was okay with the motives just because, you know, we've seen Felix, you know, by this time we've seen him 10 times in movies. So you're okay. I was okay and understood the relationship and understood his need to go find who did this. Um, What I don't understand is how angry M is. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you don't? At I the like Hemingway that. house. Oh, I like that because that is like... And how his only reason for not letting that guy kill Bond right then and there is that there's too many people. No, it's it's the proprietary. It's the it's like the the British like it simply isn't done kind of thing. Like this is this is a new way of doing something we don't do this way. And he's he doesn't like Bond's lack of respect. But even then, when he goes, it's kind of like a precursor to Judy Dench's M of like you be you, just go. Because later on, he says like we kind of knew you'd be doing this or something like to that extent. I kind of like that. But M does have the sniper in the tower. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't just for show. That could also just be the Hemingway House sniper. (laughs) (laughs) Protects the cats. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's so much, like, celebrity cachet around that, that they have to have a sniper from people, like, getting into Paris Hilton's house or something. Um but I the do. Hemingway sniper. Oh God, if that isn't the name of a novel, that's I, the new Bond movie right there. The, the Hemingway, Hemingway sniper. sniper. Yeah. Uh, but I do find you know I just I don't know. I didn't. It just didn't sit well. That scene didn't sit well with me. I like that little scene. Well, I, I mean, gonna, it's probably just that there are cats in it. Gonna beg to differ here. Yeah. It is probably just that there are cats in and it. many cats. Um. So he and Sharky go looking for. Sharks. But you don't like that line that this isn't a country club 007? Like, you can't oh, just like when resign. when he tries to resign? Yeah. I like that line. That's, okay. Yes. All right. Proceed. But I don't think that he should be... I don't know. I was disappointed that there are not more British people in this movie to have the who's the most British person. There's the one who I think won last time and has to win again. We haven't gotten <laughs> to him yet, but... but. I mean, because you're right. Because there's, there's just never a scene no, full of British dudes. There's just one time in the movie where, <laughs> other than Q and M, where a British person comes in, and boy, does he come in. Oh, he we'll comes get to in. it. C- cigarettes ablazing. Yeah. Um, can uh, Can you guys walk me through Sanchez's plan exactly? Like, you know, here's what I cannot walk you through, mm. and that is the price setting done by Wayne Newton on a telephone. <laughs> that is what I. For the life of me, as a grown I adult... This. I got this, and I was only half paying attention I this time. don't sure. understand. Okay. So, go. So, the amount that that they're setting the pledges on, on screen, like the actual type, yes. is the amount the investors have to pay to get into the drug scheme, right? Not just like per How kilo? How is that clear? No, I think that's the per kilo price. Okay, yes. well, whatever. So. But that's what they're signifying so they're set, to them is the going rate. Is, what they're doing, though, is using Wayne Newton, this, yes. this character, Professor Joe. Love it. It's uh, weird. It doesn't fit in a Bond movie, but so this is weird. why I'm in. But again, as Wayne Newton said in the book, I, I read, Wayne Newton had always wanted to be in a Bond film and had been talking to Cubby for years about a role. <laughs> that is not reason enough to put During someone the in a Bond movie. Probably scene. everybody wanted to <laughs> be in a Bond is, movie. Right? Dr. Ruth probably wanted to be in a Bond movie. During the telethon scene to set the price of the drugs, he ad-libbed the line, don't give until it hurts, give until it feels good. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well done, Wayne. Bless your heart. (laughs) The the other thing about that character, too, is that the character is never mean. (laughs) 
That's what I love. He gets the money stolen from him. And he actually, he's a con man, but he still believes in his theory of bless love. You, like, bless, bless your heart. You need it more than I do if you're going to thieve it from me. Bless your heart. It reminded me a little bit, or, or rather the scene in Get Out, where uh, <coughs> they're, they're auctioning off Daniel Kaluuya at the yeah. bingo scene. Yeah. Where it's, here's where we have to get numbers across in such a way that the people here know what they mean, but the audience doesn't quite yeah. really. But I just... I don't understand why, but that's it doesn't a part make sense deal. to me in the sense that I'm. I'm going to pretend to be a. I'll, for the sake of this conversation, mm, just I'm, for this, I'm yeah. a man who wants to buy a kilo of cocaine. Mulligan for the conversation, sure. okay? But this is not about buying a kilo of cocaine. It's about being buying. Are you sure? Multiple, I, I like being part like of the part of the venture. Of They're Here's buying. Aren't they buying their way into this? That is a separate Venture? thing altogether. That has the Orientals. That is a separate thing. No, that is a thing with the I Orientals. Think, that is a no, separate thing. I'm going to say this. to keep saying. Quote, unquote, Orientals. I'm going to say this with absolute authority, even though I don't know if I'm talking total <laughs> bullshit right now. I think that wasn't to buy kilos. That was to buy into the syndicate. And that's why they were only by bidding a thousand. And all they needed to do was bid to signify that they're accepting the price. That's what Truman Lodge, his little... Yeah, the number guy. Yeah, the numbers guy says. So by the sheer fact that they bid at all means they're in. Because they've seen the they've seen the demonstration. No, they haven't. Oh, fuck. They haven't. So essentially to me, here's what I think this is, and I don't understand. This is part of the problem of this movie. Here's what I here's what I interpret this as. Wayne Newton is using his telethon network to set the price of cocaine for Sanchez. And in addition to setting the price of cocaine for Sanchez, he is also just taking donations into his fake church. Well, that would make sense. And that's it. I mean, but not really. Makes sense. Not not sure, make sense. No, no, because there's there's three parts to this drug scheme, apparently. Yeah. yeah. There's the <laughs> Wavecrest like submarine rover that's driving coke out to the seaplane, the that's water the plane, yeah. and then bringing the cash back, or vice versa. Yeah. There's Wayne Newtonville, yeah. and then there's we're dissolving cocaine in gasoline. Only to be able to reconstitute it later. Scientifically sound. Right, because you would not want it to be in the most flappable substance known to man, yeah. because that makes all the sense in the world, but whatever. Wow, I don't get how these three things all form part of the same and I drug don't either. Well, and I, I just, can. Okay, so they're getting the drugs man, go ahead. from, <laughs> what are they? Are they Colombians that are bringing them in? I don't uh, remember. Unclear. Yeah, unclear. So that's where they're getting the original drugs, and they're paying for them. Mm-hmm. Then they are turning it into gasoline to smuggle it into the United States, but it's even though they the already States. were in the United States. <laughs> the point is, we're trying to figure out this plot, but that still shouldn't mean that you should try to explain it to us in a tweet. We <laughs> do not want to know. We do not want to know what this plot is. Well, you can just tag me. <laughs> I'm curious. I really need to know. If someone could explain this plot in a tweet, maybe I am interested. <laughs> it has to be one, and you can't be a 280 character no, 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 person. No. You got a 140 this. Yeah, even if you have it, you have to... This is an impossible task. Okay, now now I'm saying... Plus, you've got to tag both of us, or the three of us Absolutely. in it. I yeah. want to know. Yeah, yeah. and that's going to eat up characters. Easy, so many right? characters. We'll say... Last name. Yeah. <laughs> 
We'll see. Very it's okay. curious. It's like 90 characters. You yeah. have to explain what any of this means. Uh, Maybe we'll pick the best one and uh, put it in a plaque. But before we, I mean, before even before the Wayne Newton of it all, mm. Bond, I, I love this part of the movie. I love Bond and Sharky yeah. going into the shark land. I do too. Mm. I love... I love a human being getting electrocuted by electric eels in a comically stupid way. Yeah. Well, this this scene I never realized it before. It it has a person being eaten by maggots because they say later that they have two stiffs and and like the remnants of someone. Yeah. <laughs> Eaten by magnets, electrified by an eel, and then devoured by a shark all within minutes. Yes, but I think that's the remnants. The shark. Devoured. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's just lying dead in a drawer full of maggots. Um, and there's a bunch of cocaine. Anyway, so he figures out that it's this crest guy. He and Sharky are going to go out to find the boat. They and Lupe's on Lupe is Lupe on the, is yeah. on the boat uh-huh. for reasons. For she's watching she's a western, by. like the old <laughs> trope <laughs> of of whenever a TV's on in something, it has to be a western. That's amazing. That this was still a thing in 1989. That that was still happening. <laughs> what interest does Lupe have in not even like a classic Shane or High Noon? Nope. This Just is like rando western, <laughs> like a Wilhelm scream <laughs> western. We are on a mission to save home cooking. (laughs) HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. That's right, Matt. Each week, HelloFresh creates delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks like yourself in a short time. That's right. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients. In fact, they say, hello, freshest ingredients. They measure them to exact quantities needed, so there's no food to waste. We're recording this ad at 11 p.m. on a Thursday. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians on staff, and guess what? They review each and every recipe to ensure it is nutritionally balanced. They deliver the food to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. And guess what? It's that time of year. HelloFresh is now offering light fall meals and has just introduced breakfast options and they're less than $10 a meal. And their fall meals aren't even dried up crunchy autumn leaves for a salad. No, they're all kinds of flavors that remind you of fall. (laughs) Now, my wife and I have used HelloFresh in the past and we have to tell you that not only is it fresh, but it makes you eat something and go, hello. I'm not lying. We had HelloFresh this evening before you got here. We had pork turkey balls, pork balls, Thai pork balls. They were so good. Oh, and how easy was it to make? I didn't make them. <laughs> but I bet it took Amanda about 30 minutes. Not even. <laughs> she came out doing one of those successful, like, like what do you call that? Like, and you're wiping your hands vigorously, like, no problem. Yeah, we'll call it a no problem. Yeah. She gave you a big no problem, thanks to the good folks at HelloFresh. Their food's delicious. It heads right to your door. It's less than $10 a meal. It's just a great way to go. And, you know, you guys, because you're listening to this right now, you can get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh if you go to HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code BONDING30. That's like three free meals. That's right. Just go to HelloFresh.com. 
bondingthirty.com and enter bonding30 for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. And don't take our word for it. Go to consumerreports.org forward slash food forward slash consumer dash reports dash reviews dash HelloFresh forward slash and take a look at the press. That's right. With HelloFresh, say goodbye stale. You can pay me for that, HelloFresh. Goodbye stale. HelloFresh kale. Bond approaches the boat in a manta ray costume. Unclear where he picked that up from. Mm. I mean, yeah. Sharky's got those. Yeah. Maybe he does. He knows Sharky's friend Manty. Manta. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the stuntmen that he punches when he arrives on the boat are a friend who's got a costume. <laughs> are the most ill-fitting uniforms I've ever yeah, seen on yeah. anyone. I was gonna say when when Sharky dies, it feels like oh, this is short shrift for this character. Like Felix gets this whole thing. But it is redeemed a little bit when he brutally kills that guy with a spear gun. Like this is for Sharky, and it <laughs> felt good. Like that was I, a, that was a little moment I liked. I really liked that a lot. I mean, when he sees the when he sees Sharky's body hung up like that, I think he's again. He's just like, well, I'm gonna fucking kill everybody. I'm everybody. James Bond. I know, but that's like it, it did remind me of Quarrel. I'm trying. I'm like forgetting. Does Quarrel Junior die and live and let die? He doesn't, does he? I don't think he does. Doesn't he? Does he? I think he does. I don't think he does. Well, see if you can put that in a tweet. We'll find out sooner. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> Admiral Doherty is this guy who plays Crest. Is also mm-hmm. Admiral Doherty in Star Trek Insurrection, right? Oh, of uh, course. What's his name? Uh, Oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, Anthony Zerby. Okay. Well, the way he dies in Insurrection is having his face pulled. Oh, my God. That's how, this is how he dies in Insurrection. So. Wow, he's making a thing. This guy is having his face pulled and blown up. I mean, that was the most metal thing I've seen in this entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of great. What's amazing about that sequence is. It happens. Nobody plans it. They put him in there, and then Heller grabs the axe and hands it to Sanchez like, we've done this before, or I know what you're doing, or like like a team that moves in perfect sort of synchronicity where they're like, I have a feeling I know what he's going to do here. And For a second, I thought like, oh, is he going to break the glass and let him out? Yeah. You know, like you've had enough. Right. You're still useful to me. No. No, I just want to watch your brain explode on the inside of this microwave. And that is a one-liner that I don't mind after the launderit. Um, it's pretty great. It's great. But so this whole scene when he's on the boat initially, and he ruins their cocaine pickup, mm-hmm. and then he gets away on the plane. But that's a good thing. It's he fantastic. Shoots the spear gun onto the plane. That's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. The music comes in and. I love it so much because then he just looks behind him and he has $5 million yeah. in cash. So now he's like super well funded. And he smiles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really thoroughly That's a great enjoyed moment. that. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that moment. This is the the best moment. And then it sort of does tank as we'll get into like the ninja sequence. I think it comes well, we back the in the ninja end. Sequence. Before we get to the ninja sequence, yeah. we must get to Boat Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. That is, that's the first sign that things. The Aqua Double Deuce? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
What the fuck? <laughs> I know. The double deuce. On the CD-ROM, he finds out that stupid Felix has written down when he's meeting the informant and where. I mean, CD-ROMs are the safest place to keep confidential material, you guys. Sure, sure. Well, at that point, it was nobody had that technology. Yeah, so, so he goes and meets her, and she's got a shotgun, and it's full of... And a wig. It's great. It's full of... Your wig dart was going off, huh? Yeah, mm. big time. Big time. <laughs> full of... Uh, an unsavory central casting situation. Yeah, that's right. Where they put it's everybody. It's basically in like the um, bar in Airplane that yeah. is full of unsavory characters. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's and comical. It seems like everybody's working for Sanchez. It looks like a theme park stunt show set. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I love it. I love that they order two beers and the limes and no limes, and they give them Budweisers. <laughs> With uncut limes on them, like full on lime. What am I supposed it's to do? It's a cork. Glasses, right? Yeah. Like, I got no Figure knife. it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Everyone here has a knife. Everyone here has a knife. Figure Take a bite. Yeah. Do this with your teeth. Uh, but we meet Pam. Yeah. That's her name, right? Boobie. We've seen her before. Karen Lowell. She was at Felix Lighters very yes, briefly. She very briefly was the secretary. Anything, yeah. Look, like she seems like the secretary. Yeah. Doesn't he introduce her as the secretary? I think so. Pam Bouvier, but then when she goes under cover, she's Kennedy. Did you notice that? Ooh. Oh, is that a gloft? Oh. I think we must That's have talked about gloft. that last time. I don't, I don't know. think we did. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so she is just, you know, I think the 80s were peak shotgun in a movie. Yeah, definitely. Except she's in a bar fight with a shotgun right. and never shoots anybody. That's crazy. She's just kind of yeah. like waving it around at people. She shoots a four foot section of the wall out. Yeah, but which shotguns always yeah. do. She yeah. seems like she's a junior CIA agent or something. Yeah. Where she, like, instead of a license to kill, she has a permit to maim. <laughs> and she's, like, not, she's James very Bond, careful not to kill. 007 in permit to maim. <laughs> <laughs> Anti maim. Uh, you know, she's got the Kevlar vest on. I do like the scene where she's backing out of the hole she just shot in the in the mm-hmm. thing. It's it's reminiscent of the trash compactor sequence in Star Wars, <laughs> yeah, where a Leia bit. blasts yeah. that to open. Yeah. Um. So then, I mean, we're on our way. We have the we have we have Bond girl number two of the movie. I yeah. feel like Bond, Bond girl. hasn't bet met the first bongo yet he hasn't met the he, day by that. has no, he, he been has. on the boat i don't know right yeah after the very boat. briefly yeah i think it's after the he boat. meets her on the boat right yeah and he's gonna tells her not to do anything or he'll kill her don't scream blah blah, blah. And that's her really acting is, thing. is rough it's yeah. i think a lot of it is adr again but that because she was primarily a model I she think. does what she does yeah I think but so. though carrie lowell was a model some too, of our but best I think she's actors better. and actresses were primarily models hmm. so why? I mean, this this was Marky one of the movies Wahlberg. where I found it the hardest to buy the Bond seduction, given that he puts no effort into seduction yeah. at all. Yeah, I'm with you on that. This is also a bad time. Like, if he's already conquered her. Yeah. Well, no, this is a bad time to make out on a boat that just ran out of gas after everyone in that roadhouse bar is yeah. after you. Yeah. yeah. Let's go below decks. Why are we doing? Shouldn't we be paddling? Maybe. Or make love in the open Florida air. Come on. I mean, it's humid. It's, it's come on. Sweaty. You know? It's already, oh, air was yeah. already glistening. Mosquitoes yeah. everywhere. Um, okay, so then they go to Isthmus, and he... She she's not a CIA agent, isn't she? Just a she is, contract runner. Like, doesn't she just? No, do... she she's either working for the DEA or the CIA. They say later. Remember, she's she had worked out a deal with Heller to get him to turn on Sanchez. Right. 
and that's how, why that whole stinger, stinger missile business is as if you didn't the need another plot. plot the ninth um, plot of this movie the yeah. ninth bad guy plot and he's and they toss away the line he plans on shooting down a commercial airliner and speaking why? of wigdar why? heller uh, he's got heller wigdar was gone uh, he's huh? got a serious wig yeah. did you guys notice uh that sanchez disappears from this movie for about 45 minutes no does he yeah like after the i drove off the bridge and yes West, yeah. He's gone. Until right. the casino. Until the casino. And that is almost an hour where your oh, primary yeah. antagonist is nowhere to be found. Huh. Right. So, uh, so it's lots of Milton Crest? Yeah. That's <laughs> it's right. really yeah. up to Milton Crest. Take over, and it's yeah. really up to... I mean, we get we get our bond in a casino, which is just every boy's dream. That's you true. just want your bond in a casino, but you don't want your James Bond playing blackjack. And he loses right away. On purpose, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's clearly... Because then he wins big, yeah. But why why is the losing and then winning a good idea? Well, I think he's got to play through the deck to start counting the cards right. No, because he wants... He wants attention. He wants yeah, Sanchez to right. know he's there. Yeah. So why doesn't oh, he just there's start... this dumb sucker over here that's doing this, right? Yeah. Yes. Or here's this guy who's winning all of this money, because that's what ultimately gets his attention, is mm-hmm. he's betting $25,000 a hand... Do we extend him the credit? Yeah, let him play. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It is like they they go from Baccarat to Blackjack to Texas Hold'em, and it you could see that Bond's casino games follow the culture definitely. Yeah, I also th- it isn't. I mean, they should just go with roulette. That was Bond's game in Casino Royale. Was roulette? No, it was Baccarat. No, read the first chapter of Casino Royale where James Bond details his roulette. Right, but he plays Le Chiffre and But he only, you only get your official James Bond gambling guideline to roulette. No, you get a whole explanation about this podcast. You get an explanation of Baccarat. The whole podcast is over. You get an explanation of Baccarat, <laughs> yeah. but you don't get the gambling method to, to Baccarat. Hmm. You get an explanation of how the game plays, but you don't get how James Bond bets I when see. he's playing the house okay. on something, which is what you're doing in Blackjack. Uh, so I'm just saying. Let's All right. I'm looking forward to the Magic the Gathering game that he plays in the next one. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Settlers of Catan. He's, he like has to infiltrate a, 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 a World of Warcraft team or something like that. Or I'm in. He's, he just he's goes and, he goes to the Blizzard Arena. <laughs> And he has to join a Team Fortress team. <laughs> Mr. Bond, we were just beginning a game of Secret Hitler. <laughs> Mr. Bond, would you like to join my StarCraft team? <laughs> we meet in Seoul. Um, okay, so I do have to point out the second worst double take in James Bond movie history. First being Pigeon. Second being Timothy Dalton when he sees Pam come in after she's yeah. purchased. She's gotten a haircut and bought a dress. Yeah. <laughs> or a business yeah. suit. Whatever yeah, she's it is. in a dress. Oh, right. When she, yeah. Yeah, when she first right. walks in yeah. as a secretary. Yeah, because it's, it's unbecoming to see Dalton do comedy or deliver a one-liner, and that one feels too over the top. He does a great job in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, it's because, like because it's like he knows he's playing comedy, and he plays it real, but here he's uncomfortable. Yeah. There is a one-liner in this, what is it? I can't remember, and it's it's rough. 
Well, it's also in a completely inopportune moment when they're trying to escape the building that's burning. Down. Oh, it's the Heller forklift moment of like he met a dead end. Yeah, that moment alone is like from a slasher movie because the lights are red and he is delivered like a babysitter in a closet that's yeah. been killed, and he has that one liner, and it is so strange. And how long was that forklift just to <laughs> in that building? I know it accident because it busts through a wall. <laughs> So how was it running straight at that for the longest time? Because Sanchez or, is at a completely different part of the facility, uh, yeah. impales him, and then just lets him go. That's right. Yeah. I want to know the whole time. Like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of that. I want to see that unfolding. That whole thing. <laughs> With a Benny Hill music. Just... <laughs> okay, so I will say this about Sanchez. Mm. He, of all the times we've seen bond treated well by a uh, main villain in yeah. a movie your your gold finger at the at the mm-hmm. he needs, you know here pussy galore take him around uh your doctor no where he's in the lovely underwater hotel and he has taken care of of all of the villains, I find Sanchez to be the nicest of the bunch. Because he believes him to be on his side. Yeah. And I like I like that. You don't get that much in yeah. the Bond movies. I like that too. And the way he runs back into bed and Sanchez comes back in and then says, like, I found the guy you're talking about. And he goes, just one of them. And you see him endear himself to Sanchez even more. Yeah. And I, I love that part of it. Yeah, that was my favorite thread of it all. Is like Bond actually being an agent. Yeah, which he would have job. done in the books. Like he was, he was undercover, and yeah, yeah. I really did enjoy that. That that this particular shade of the movie is is the best part of the movie when he's me. at his when he's strange. when he's trying to play this villain. Yeah, yeah. For, and also, because, and it almost would it would work like it would completely work if Benicio del Toro hadn't seen him in Roadhouse, right. <laughs> The movie and Sanchez has a funicular. In yes, his hotel, yes, yeah. Is loft thing. And he also has a weird fish sculpture. I am always fond of a funicular. Do you ever go to that one in downtown LA? I've the never Chinatown been to Angel's one? Flight. Yeah, it's back up and running, isn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. recently. We should all take a funicular ride and record cents. it. We can live our La La Land dreams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. I like that house. I really just, I just, part of me watching this wanted to just be like, well, James, why don't you just, why don't you just work for this guy? You seem to be being treated <laughs> yeah, you pretty You kind of well. blew you're, your last you're, job. You're already you're out of a job. Yeah. You're not going back to MI6 yeah. after this. You guys get along. I mean, it seems you're going to have a great time. Right? I mean, you just killed your best friend and that's why you're here. But yeah. you look oh, yeah, past there is. But you do start to see the slow descent of Sanchez where his mind just keeps going crazy where he's like, I, I can't trust anybody mm-hmm. anymore. You know, and it's, it's set up nicely where his biggest thing is loyalty. Um, and I think Bond is psychologically fucking with him, too. Like when he does the, oh, just just the one. Yeah. It does um, feel like Bond is one step ahead of everybody, which isn't something you are guaranteed in a Bond movie. Correct. And it's nice to see. Correct. Yeah. Um, But, okay, so now we should really... Talk about... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Bond is a very reactive hero, right? Yes. Like, he only is moved to action because the bad guy does something, because terrorism or explosion or whatever. Like, this is, you're right, one of the few Bond movies where he's driving the story. Yeah, I think that's true. 
And what, are, what are the others? Playing everybody. Where he's fully in control. Honor Majesty's Secrets. Not that he's in control, but that he's, like you're saying, Mark, like he he's pushing the events along. He's making shit happen. Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service is kind of that I mean, way. Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Is yeah. That way Maybe he's... that's why I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Quantum of Solace inherently is very... He's close to he's license to kill. Really tonally. proactive in that. Yeah. Totally. It's both second I mean, down movies. To the, down to the yapping at M and like. Both second movies. Quitting. Yeah. And running and away. And running away M. on an elevator thing. <laughs> where there's probably a sniper outside protecting Hemingway's cats. And explosions well, he, in the desert. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Right. Oh my God. Hmm. This is interesting. Is it a reboot like Never Say Never Again was? Oh my God. What if it was? Uh, we'll study that in future episodes. And he's just going out on revenge for Mathis, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh that, Mathis. Sweet Mathis. Okay. Johnny Mathis. We have to talk a little bit <laughs> no about. Uncle? The, no, the main Sanchez plan, which is to sell shares. The Sanchez plan. Like the, the Sanchez, Marshall plan. The Sanchez plan. Which now here's the other Sanchez plan, which it is to sh- sell shares mm. of this facility. This is like Goldfinger view to a kill territory of like right. But it seems to me that had Bond not gotten involved and had the Hong Kong agent not been involved, it seems to me that he would have happily taken the hundred million dollars each from the syndicates and worked with them. Yeah, I don't think there would have been an issue. But keep in mind, if Bond hadn't been involved, this plan would have probably been thwarted by the Hong Kong guy or Pam Bouvier for her stinger thing with Heller. Yeah. In some ways, he really did fuck shit up. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so we should... Uh, before. Okay, so he wants $100 million each from five syndicates to buy into his facility his facility is where wayne newton holds his telethons and meditation retreats have we found the most complicated bond plot because people often are baffled by quantum of solace and i don't think it's as nearly it's, as complicated it's just as more vague nearly as complicated as this. this one is sort of needlessly complicated i wonder right and so there are five syndicates we yes. only meet the one Right, quote unquote Orientals. Correct. No quote. And they they are buy, Oriental, they as clearly labeled. Are like the Irish another one? <laughs> <laughs> they have to buy in, in the bond. Esperantos. <laughs> I also, I like the character, the, the numbers guy. I, mm. Did we talk about the last time when I first started doing comedy sports improv? I was. What, 19 in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and he was on comedy sports too. And he just stopped like playing regularly. So I only met him at this like reunion show. And I was like, You're Truman Lodge from License to Kill. I'm a young Matt Corley. <laughs> could I just hang out with you for a bit? Yeah. Do you think was, we could get him on the show? I haven't seen him since, but maybe. I'm sure, we could find him on Facebook. Um, he was also in the TV version of The Magnificent Seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. It is... Oh, and his name's Anthony Stark. Tony Stark. Oh, my God. Shut up. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing here? Charmed life of this guy. We gotta get him. We gotta get him on the show. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can explain Wade Newton setting this $22,000 price. This is the thing I'm gonna stick on until I die. What the hell is happening? Anyway. That was an arbitrary number, wasn't it? Well, he's like, I think we could... He's like crunching numbers, and he's like, I yeah. think we could sell this at $22,000 a kilo, and people will still pay it. 
I think the dealers are going to buy it at twenty two thousand a kilo. Is that high for a drug? I, mm, unclear. Seems high. But to Sanchez me. tells him to keep it at fifteen, right? Like, don't get greedy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, this is the most complicated villain plot in the history <laughs> Thus far. of James Bond. Well, of the They're movies transporting we've done. drugs of the movies in we've America done. through yeah. America using tankers filled with yeah. coke gas. Uh, right. Should we? Maybe we need to rank the. Like we are going to rank the, the villain plots for sure, That's so what. we can include in that. But like, what have we done so far? We started with Golden Eye. That one's relatively clear. Eh. That's in Golden that middling Eye, range. Golden Eye is clear. Golden Eye is destroy the world economy by setting off an EMP. Great. Okay. Very clear. Got then we it. did Goldfinger. Goldfinger, clear, stupid but clear. Yeah. Irradiate the gold, so my gold's worth more. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh. Living Daylights. Oh, that was... A little wacky. No, that wasn't next. What did we do third? I don't know. I'm just going... Oh, I'm just talking kill. about the ones we did. View to a Kill. Yeah, that one's pretty... Microchips. It's up Set off with, an earthquake yeah. so that I can be in charge of microchip right, so manufacturing, can, so can, yeah. have a monopoly on microchips. Yeah. Drown Silicon Valley. Then Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies, which is the greatest plot of all. Clear, Start World War Three, so I dumb. can cover it and get 100 years of exclusive broadcast rights in China. Oh my God. Perfect. Oh my, that is all you need to say about that. Film. Living Daylights. I rest my case on Living that Daylights plot. is... Get a bunch of heroin. That one's complicated, but we got through it. Use the money to buy the weapons. No, use the money to buy heroin to, to make weapons, more money. To buy the get the heroin, which you can then sell for a profit, and then get the weapons. Yeah. Okay. License to kill. This one is the details are complicated. the The basic plot is simple. He's he's developed a new way to smuggle drugs, and he's getting these criminals to buy in on it and bond thwarts him out of revenge 140 characters there you go yeah but then that guy's so mad about the facility going up because it cost 32 million dollars but when that's his Sanchez problem. appropriately points out you're holding 500 million dollars in your briefcase was it in the briefcase or was it in the tankers no no i mean it was they had the tankers they which turned were money worth into 32 million dollars each or something like that and he had the bonds the hundred million dollar bonds from each of them for five hundred million dollars. Oh, I, I got so excited in this movie when um, when Sanchez's helicopter pulls up to Wayne Newton's meditation retreat and the flame door opens up like yes. it's a missile bay. The yeah. foreground miniature. And I was like, Oh, okay, I figured it out. Here's what's gonna happen. There's a missile in there. Uh, I know, that would have made things so much simpler. I'm like, what's going on? And then I started building a different villain plot. Yeah. He's like, maybe here's what he wants to get out of the illegal drug business, he wants to get into the like big pharma business. So what he's gonna do is launch a nuke and irradiate a half of a country <laughs> and sell them anti radiation meds uh, and it'll all make sense. <laughs> A mu- uh, that's a much simpler plot. But instead, he just he just has this giant stone door built into his meditation retreat to land his helicopter. Yeah, which had to cost. I mean, 30, 30 of the thirty-two well, million dollars the, the, had the, to go to that, right? Like antilevers, man. The horsepower cheap. to lift a helicopter door that stone. I mean, how yeah. many tons would that weigh? I don't know. It's Probably new, it's more than four. Pneumatic city, man. That's, that's, that's right. Not pneumatic easy. city. Instead of hydraulics, it's instead of water <laughs> or hydraulic fluid, it's cocaine. <laughs> it's ga- it gasoline, cocaine. Uh, okay, so Bond. I mean, where do we go here? Well, let's talk about Q. 
Let's talk about his uncle. Mm, yeah, his uncle, uncle Q. Q. Or his hands. I'm putting his hands at Goldeneye minus three. They're, they're I looking okay. Wait, I disagree with that hand rating. You, I was going to give it me? a Goldeneye plus one. No. Man, Go back and look at there's Goldeneye. There's a scene. The scene when he <laughs> His is, hands are in fine form for Desmond Llewellyn. The scene. I think I. Bad I think for, I most. Yeah. I think I most Clown. noticed it when he opened up the radio broom that he then tosses, throws away. Oh, well, a that man, may have been a, a man s- who cares so much about his equipment. I based my hands on the scenes in the hotel room where you see them the most. Now that could have been a couple of weeks later, and he hadn't been taking his baby aspirin or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Okay, be so you're giving a golden eye minus three. Could we split yeah. the difference, please, and make it a oh, golden eye? Allowed anybody a else in on this? Minus but, two. Okay, we'll do. We'll it. just make it a minus two. All right, for me. we'll do it. But okay, put an you. asterisk by that. Anybody making a chart that that was a um, group effort and it's not wholly endorsed by the experts. Okay. <laughs> the experts. Yes. <laughs> to the council, the, right. the quorum the of, of uh, the council, the hand council. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, I love Desmond Llewellyn in this movie. Yeah, I do too. I it, he shows a real fondness for 007 and for um, Pam. He's, yes, he's truly avuncular as an uncle in yes. this thing. Like he's he's sweet. Uh, I love the gadgets he brings. Yeah. I really like the dumb camera sniper rifle that turns the them into x-rays in the no that's picture. a separate polaroid camera right okay sorry yeah that shoots uh, that's what i thought you meant that shoots a a laser beam that burns through walls but also mm. takes an x-ray picture i mean yeah. why wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> i i feel like the broom radio was yeah. a bit much what part of it did you think was a bit much? Was it the fact that he still had to pull the antenna up? <laughs> or that he, he could have he just could had a easily... walkie-talkie because he only used it after the car Right, left. and yeah. he could easily have concealed a dozen antennas in the broom straws. Yeah. Uh, bristles, I suppose we should say. Um, yeah. Excessive. It is excessive. I like thermite dentonite. toothpaste. Yeah, the dentonite. I thought that was great. I like that it's operated by uh, cigarettes that all have LEDs on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make noise. Uh, and make a lot of noise. I like... Okay, so he is... Essentially, I think Bond's plan here is let's... I'm just going to assassinate Sanchez, and then I don't care what happens. I'm just going to mm-hmm. then leave the country and have a great life. I love his uh, rope cummerbund yes. that he's got. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so... He and he would have gotten that shot off too had he not been thwarted by two ninjas. <laughs> when I hear you say it, that that is when I go, "What the fuck?" That's like so shoehorned in because they were popular, and not even like this is five years after the ninja craze. Yeah, this is no longer like Enter the Ninja, right? Yeah, yeah. This is post Double Dragon. This is a world where ninjas. Weird sequence where Heller shows up in a tank or oh, something, right? Isn't is he that kind Heller? Of a, who's yeah, he's wearing a yes, beret. He's wearing a beret, seemingly borrowed it from Joe Don Baker. Right. <laughs> um, weird. Yeah. Okay. So And so the And that's when they find Bond on the torture table. Right. The quote unquote Orientals. Yes. But this is also when we meet the the most most British British. person in the movie. I love this guy. I tried to look him up. He hasn't done a hell of a lot. Sinjin Smythe himself. He's just got. I don't know. There's something about this guy that's just right. It's the hairline, it's the teeth. 
His piercing it's blue eyes. The piercing blue eyes. It's the accent. It's he's got the total package. And we've been asked on Twitter to rename this most English. I disagree. I understand I understand that that British doesn't mean English necessarily. Right. You know. But what we're taking the old like the the same as the quote unquote Orientals, this is like this is a nod to Fleming's indecency in terms of political correctness sure we have it has to be the most british person i hope you understand that whoever wrote that and if you don't don't blame me blame the author (laughs) we're just staying true to it uh okay so we find this is when sanchez finds bond and then starts to think he can trust bond because bond wakes up i do like the way timothy dalton wakes up in the house yeah. Like, well, ah, ah, ah. oh, is this to the it, fish, it is, right? Yeah. Well, but he's in his jammies. He's in his, yeah. <laughs> like, who put him in the jammies? <laughs> who did Sanchez? No, probably one of his little henchmen or Lupe. Maybe and Lupe. I love that he like, pads mm. around the giant room like Meg Ryan in a romantic cottage. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I missing? Where is everybody? Floom, 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 floom. This is the only time we see Dalton with his shirt off, I think, too. He's mm. not. Yeah. Like, this is another thing I think I like about Dalton is he's like, I'm not going to work out for this role. I'm going to just be who Bond would be, yeah. which is a regular guy, kind of. In my members-only jackets. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Doc Siders, and we're going to fight some crime. Yeah. Uh, he's the only Bond that makes me feel I would ever come close to being a Bond because he's just kind of a regular guy. You know, like, he just doesn't feel Hollywood to me. You know what I mean? I think I know what you mean, but he's still unattainable to me. Well, me too. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. uh, I'm just saying he's he's the closest. (laughs) You know, everything everything else you can find at the lodge. I could grow six more inches. I could do all. He doesn't work out. I don't think he really exercises, and he's just kind of he's just kind of real. You know. Yeah, he plays this. I like his acting in this movie. He's the most real Bond. He's the most Fleming Bond, right? We've decided. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, okay, so now that we've gotten him ninja attacked, did we did we backwards paddle a little bit? We were in, we did we reversed. We were in Wayne Newtonville for a while. We reversed yeah, to discuss quote unquote the assassination attempt and Q. However, with this plot, it makes little difference. It yes. does not make. Imagine if this plot was what it was, but unfolded in a. Christopher Nolan memento sort of way like that would be yeah maybe then, then it would make sense about Sharky yeah uh, <laughs> <like>, oh, Sharky <laughs> Sharky was great um okay so Pam has the money so she, okay so Bond has been is she aware of Bond's plan oh this is also when Bond sees her with Heller and gets mad yes at her mm. thinking he, she's working with him. But he, he plays that interestingly. Like, he really does feel personally offended, it seems. Yeah. I kind of like that. Like, he, he wasn't just, just business. Yeah. Because this is personal. Hmm. hmm. Not that personal. This movie. Because he still sleeps with Lupe after this. But that's... R- right. I does, meant just that, that his friend had been but killed. But as mm. Q likes to say, he has to use all means at yeah. his disposal. Yeah. Which means his dick. Um, so and then Lupe does fall in literal love with him yeah which is I love him so much I love him so much why have you met James Bond she doesn't have the best choice in men 
No. That's true. But That's she does true. get an iguana. That's uh, true. She does with that lovely diamond bracelet. That's so dumb. The dumbest. It's so dumb. Okay, back to Wayne Newton. He's another reason why this movie is such a strange outlier. Just that he's in a Bond movie, but not on a stage in a Vegas show right. in the background. Yeah. And like, you know, I think those Brosnan movies always fall in the middle. They're neither outliers nor innovators. And this one at least goes, like, few to a kill. They it go goes a little in a different direction. crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Um, but it is, so he's like running a cult or something like that. <laughs> She it feels as she if comes from the Kansas City chapter. Everybody was asleep at the wheel in this movie. Like John Glenn in his fifth Bond movie, like, he probably I knew it was his last. Didn't with wake up. Thousands like, of dollars. Go on his... without me. Action, they may have at this point thought like this franchise is unsinkable. It doesn't matter what the hell we do, and this one didn't perform well. And maybe it kind of yeah. was a self-correcting thing. Uh, this is also the movie that the Menendez that he's covered in the first one. The Menendez yeah. brothers bought the tickets for this movie as their alibi, <laughs> License to Kill. They bought tickets for License to Kill as their alibi yeah. when they killed their parents. And one of these guys wore a wig. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It all comes around. Yeah. Um, okay. We're, we're in the home stretch here, guys. Right. We are into Gasoline City, Benicio del Toro. Conveniency of the mask, so you give a little more suspense to yeah, it. I like while that. You're like, oh, yeah. who's the new guy? Yeah. And Sanchez is really just patting him on the back, mm-hmm. really you're buddy awesome. buddy with Thanks, him. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, and then Benicio del Toro recognizes him and says he's an informant, which I don't know that he is correct in saying. Well, because he knows he was meeting with the CIA agent. Did he know who Pam Bouvier was at that point? I don't. But they he knew they were enemies. Yeah, like he he shows up at the Double Deuce to kill Pam Bouvier, right? Is that because he's on why? to hers hell, Heller scheme? or Do we uh, know no. why the that... The stingers of it all is confusing. Yeah. The stinger missile, again, so mm. that Sanchez can eventually blow up a passenger plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense. But the stingers are why she's involved. Yeah. Slash, she read the CD-ROM maybe at Felix's house or overheard. Maybe. Well, she was meeting with CIA with Felix because they're both in the CIA. Okay. Right. Well, all right. Let's talk about the fact that he doesn't... The cocaine crushing machine mm. that essentially is a huge grinding thing that all it all it is there for, all this machine does is take the bricks of cocaine and break them up. Mm-hmm. I would have rather... Seems they went, excessive. They went old school and just had, like, the naked ladies doing that work. Yeah, sure. Like, if this was New Jack City, it would just be a <laughs> bunch of naked ladies breaking the giant bricks up, but that's uh, a different kind of picture. Uh, now, does he... Does Bond get to say a one-liner to Benicio del Toro? Does he at least get to say this is for Felix, or... He does. A, does right? he? he says no, he says that to Sanchez. Oh. Mm. I like when when Dario goes in that thing, you don't see liquid blood, but the cocaine powder turns to a red cloud powder. Mist, yeah. In the cool. That was really yeah. neat. Yeah. And he's really having a good time acting there. He's really screaming up with screaming. <laughs> Benicio del Toro, there's never been a time when he hasn't had a good time <laughs> acting. Oh, Benicio. I do like that the, the, the implement of Dario's downfall was almost identical but mechanical to the instrument of uh, lighters de Yeah. 
Yeah, that's his right. Teeth. It's yeah. gnawing, munching teeth. There is a good, yeah. and I wish that Bond pulled him up. Yeah. Stumpy. Oh, right. <laughs> you know? And then he, die of yeah. blood loss. We haven't talked about Dario's knife he uses a couple times, and I feel mm. like they're kind of, it's not clear, but it's like one of those that pops out his sleeve, but the way they edit it, you never actually see it come out. It's just always yeah, a arm moving like a, a butterfly knife or whatever is happening. Yeah, but I think it's like a taxi driver gun, but a knife or something. I don't know. Like the way Fonzie would manipulate a comb. Or a jukebox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like if if you were going to give a standalone movie to any henchman, I feel as if Dario's would be the most wow. interesting. Interesting. You don't want to know how Jaws got those jaws? I mean... You, you don't want to know where Knickknack came from? <laughs> you don't want to know uh, how... I'm assuming the job. town of Paddywhack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're all kind of interesting, but Dario's feels like it's super special. Like, he was a dancer once. Yeah. He does In wear... His, his jacket is very... Uh, Conquistador, uh, yeah, yeah or know? yes, or yeah, like um, or Matador or something, yeah. like Toriador or whatever, whatever. Yeah, he's a door. He's, he's a door. door. He's adorable, but like I'm sure lots of them would have interesting stories. That would be batshit crazy. Didn't they? God, where did I see this? Where did we just talk about this? Something about how was it Davi and and Del Toro were kind of hanging out a lot, and they came up with the backstory that. He was like his uncle. Did we talk about this on the henchman episode or something? Maybe no. I I was theorizing this that he like he's his nephew. I think I was saying this like I imagine Dario as Sanchez's nephew, and he like takes him into the business or something mm. like that. I'll buy it. All right. mm. I don't remember, but I still want to know about his bullfighting past. Yeah, I've decided Clip. now he bullfights. Yeah. He was a uh, gay okay. Tory so boy. once we've dispensed <laughs> with him and he shuts, she shuts the bloody machine off. Wearing uh, the virginal gown of a ceremonial yeah. sacrifice. Which I enjoyed. Sure. Uh, then there is uh, some plane flying. and uh, right, She drops him on the tanker. She drops him on the tanker that, Dari, that um, Sanchez is driving. Sanchez gets out trying to kill him, firing his gun at all kinds of gasoline. But how do you, how do you guys feel about this? I know you don't like the wheelie, and there are some bad moments in it. But as this sequence as a whole, as a climax and as a stunt sequence, feels out of place because it's semis for a Bond movie. But I still love it—the cause like and effect it, of it, or something. I, you know, I like it because it's it's like him systematically taking each tanker out. Yeah, it feels like a Spielberg thing or something because each thing kind of plays into the next thing, and and it's also weird that like they're they're. In the same way that you see the German shepherds get up in true lies, because you're supposed to know that the dogs weren't really hurt, that's how each driver is treated. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And even those henchmen that get crop dusted, they turn into like kind of wacky keystone cops or something. Yeah, the way they're running and shooting. (laughs) But it is well directed and edited it's it's not it's well always plotted. the most well paced thing but storyboarded you, you always know what's happening yes. and that's not easy with at least three identical tankers yeah. to know what's going on yeah, i got a bit of like a ronin vibe from yeah that. sure like, you know we're, we're we're on these mountain passes and the cameras are low and yeah yes you know we're 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 going under trucks and over trucks and yeah. between trucks yeah. and machete fights on the trucks but right. It's all pretty well done. The wheelie is one. The step wheelie too is, far. The, is the one. I'm step with you. On I that. will even my love for Knight Rider will buy you yeah. a <laughs> semi up on the two wheels, yeah. like 
driving over a Stinger missile. I like sure. how wobbly it is, too. Yeah. It seems real. It's because they the had... The wheelie? Yeah. Or, no, really? the, 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 two, the two wheels on the side yeah. is real. Like, yeah. They had to put a yeah. truck up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude had to drive it. Yeah. Like, I'm, always, yeah. I'm always there for the practical stunt that way. Yeah, I'm with you, though. The wheelie was just one of those like, like truck show on. things where they would wait the back end. And, yeah, not the, or they built... Because the, the hinge is in the middle of the frame of the chassis oh, of the yeah, truck. Yeah. So to build a truck that hinges so the top goes up but the two rear drive wheels stay right. down. And that's not how wheelies work. Yeah. So I just come on. Yeah. Guys. Well I think you end up with the best villain death, I think. Maybe, but I, just on that, like the reason why that doesn't work for me is because of this movie. In a Roger Moore film, I would have been fine with it, but it just, especially with for Willie, yeah, for what this film yeah. is asking you to care about, it seems pretty silly. Yeah. I mean, if I'm gonna buy the, yeah, <laughs> where the, yeah. the Datsun, right? Is that a Datsun that, that, that uh, goes up and it's, over? Yeah. Isn't it a Duster, Plymouth Duster? Maybe uh, it's a Datsun. I don't know. Either one. But there is a slide whistle involved. There is a slide whistle. So you think this is the best villain death? I do. You mean just because it's just desserts and gruesome? Yeah, and personal. And he gets to be like, this is is why this is happening to you? Yeah. This is why your world has fallen apart? You did this to my friend Felix? And Sanchez gets a brief moment of, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Does he expect Sanchez to have read the lighter? In the harsh desert zone. I know. that I could barely read it in close-up. <laughs> Does this look like anything to you? I know. Ah, I <laughs> you went to Things Remember? <laughs> um, maybe that's what we should rank his villain deaths. It's mm, a good one. Because they don't all die. Yeah, we got plenty of fucking episodes to do. Villain, villain. Uh, uh, but I do like, and I like, it's not a bad uh, burning. Like, it's not, yeah, it's a, pretty it's not a, oh, this is a clearly guy in a fire retardant yeah. suit. It's good. And then the explosion behind him is beautiful. Mm-hmm. When he's running away. Yeah. And he's really doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So uh, thumbs up for Glenn on that. Pretty yeah. decent practical stuff at yeah. the tail end of this And movie. then I think we should probably discuss the post-villain death party <laughs> that happens at his home. The bottom is... Is it his home? <laughs> That's his home, right? It's not like Sanchez, the president's palace or something. The Sanchez's apartment. No. Yeah. And yeah, what? And the way that he says to Lupe, "No, no, no. I think you and the old president <laughs> right are going to make a great couple. I'm yeah. going to jump into this pool. Also Q's still here." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically like they uh, were at the rap party for the film and went, oh, fuck, we forgot to shoot the last scene. <laughs> yeah. All right, places, everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, that's crazy. And because is, is that president the same one as the other one who's Pedro yeah, Almadar's or paid, what? paid half. He's the, the actual son of the guy from, from Russia with Love. Oh, good. Nice. Love that guy. Yeah, that played Karen Bain, um, right? Is that right? Okay. Yes. doesn't matter. It's yeah. late. Um, it is. Can I ask you guys a, a, a super tangential question? Please. But it's been on my mind for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it'll go. Maybe this is too big a question for the tail end of an episode. I don't know. But I remember you guys had been talking at one point about the the Doctor Who version of James Bond's right. origin. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The continuity versus... Patented Matt Meyer theory. If you search that theory on the internet, I am the first instance of it. Continue. Uh, I... Uh, and I just wanted to know why the pros and or cons, because I think I remember you guys coming down pretty con 
on I'm a hard con on James this. Bond being a identity that agents in 007 take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we <coughs> we like to think of it as a floating timeline, mm-hmm. much the way that a that Bart Simpson has been ten years old for thirty years. Okay. Um, and we don't even need to think of it that way. That's what it is. <laughs> that is what it is. It is. It is. I mean, it really this, is the whole code name thing is a is a like reverse engineered thing done by fans, and I don't feel I don't feel it's necessary. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. of course, my Time Lord theory <clears throat> would allow for us to continue watching these movies and enjoying the fact that it is in fact the same person. He just regenerates into a different face. Mm. Which is the whole Doctor Who of it all. Well, I'm going to go with the Jason Goes to Hell theory where the spirit of James Bond dies and then enters another body. (laughs) (laughs) On board for that. Okay. Um, The Demon Gate version. You know, but that's just me trying to think of a way to make this all the same person from from But also, like, yeah, I mean, I I don't even know if they were even aware fans were talking about this, but the Skyfall Graves really does put that to rest. Like, there's an Andrew Bond and a Sophie... Yeah. Delacroix Bond or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I was not that big a fan of Skyfall. Oh, because you like the code? Because I like the code name. Now, oh, why, you did what like is the code I name. did like the code yeah. name. I liked, I liked in the same way that regeneration allows a perfectly in-story reason why you get different actors all the yeah. time. The code name also explains why these Bonds all have different faces. It explains why... M is a different person. Oh, your predecessor, whatever. Like we, yeah. we understand that these are not actual names of people. That this is, we're spies. But and it also is okay if he tells everybody in the world his name is James Bond. Why wouldn't he just go to double O eight? Like why wouldn't they just keep rising in numbers? Because by now they'd be at like double O two forty nine, which is hard to say. Or just two forty nine. Yeah, but the double O's are cool. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it was one of those things that at least for me didn't detract. From the story itself, but so, just added a yeah. little something. To Would it. you, Mark, have been pleased if they had done the initial, literally in the Skyfall script, they were discussing casting Sean Connery in the Albert Finney role and making Skyfall be a, essentially a retirement home for all the double O's? And they were talking about getting Dalton in there. And they would all be in there helping that him. That would have been mind-blowingly awesome. You don't think that's too clever by half? I mean, it's it's cutesy as hell, but if you're going to do it, then do it. If you if you don't have a better ending for that movie, and I, I'm honestly not sure that the ending of Skyfall works for me as well mm-hmm. as I'd like it to, I like the balance of that <laughs> movie, but the very tail end, it gets small and I'm not, but I don't want to relitigate. At the end of the day, <laughs> no, at the end of the day, I, I am glad and super glad they didn't go that way. I would still like to see but it as exactly, a special feature. I would yeah. still love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's apparently, I mean, to super derail, in, a, in Wreck-It Ralph 2, mm-hmm. there is a sequence where they go into a, I knew you were gonna go to this. a princess bar where where the princess played by by Sarah Silverman is walking to this bar and because it's Disney they got the voices of every living Disney princess to oh my be God. in this bar so there's Ariel and Belle and what Jasmine and ah. everybody because it's we're Disney and yeah. of course all of the princesses are yeah. still alive and of course they all hang out at a bar and it's it's 
too clever by half. And yet there's a moment where you just, this is kind of amazing. This is incredible. Mm. Like, give me this thing. I like that. I, I think and it's also- I love it too. I love the idea too, but it's something better suited for like an opening of the Academy Awards or like <laughs> the Olympics hella parachuting. Queen yeah, there Elizabeth was talk they were going to get all together for that. That's a shame. And they man. never they did. They could have done it. They could have gotten them all in the mm. same room, but now mm. Sir Roger is no more. They should do like what they did with Monty Python and just bring an urn, an urn with out. his ashes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the urn from View to a Kill. No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we just have Tony Robbins screaming at. Us. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's rate this all right, film, so shall license we? License to Kill. You've done it. Mm, I haven't even You've thought You've been about something this. from zero to double o seven. So double o o. Is the bottom. Is the bottom, and 007 is top of the line. Ooh. I do I get to go first? If you like. If you'd like, or if you'd like. Uh, can, can, we, can we decimal this? Can yes, we, you yeah, can. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. I am, I am a 001.5. Mm. Interesting. Mm. If this, this was a surprisingly rough go. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for being honest. I yeah. appreciate your honesty. It's just very small. Yeah. And of all the things I want in my Bond movies... Minuscularity, and yet no nostalgia points for being your first Bond because Octopussy was mine in the theater, and that ways probably yeah. bumps it up a full point for me. I mean, never, never say never again is my first one. Oh, that's right, that's so, true. Like, yeah. That one, double oh nine. That's unheard of. <laughs> We're blowing the scale, All but right. this one did not uh, did not do well for me. Matt, uh, well, for me, this is gonna this is, this movie's gonna get a double O three. I was tempted to give it a 3.5 to put it squarely in the middle, but I'm going to put it below the middle. Mm. 003. That's exactly what I'm going to do is put it right in the middle at 003.5. Okay. I think this is a middle-of-the-road bond, but it could be a bad bond, but it's the weirdness that ironically bumps it up for me. The Mm. non-bond stuff in this is what does it for me because there are so many bonds now that I like variety, good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, listen. It's been hard. It's been hard for us going back through all of these to sort of really pantheon everything, you know. And 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 I feel like you and I are grading things with an awareness of what we still have to do. Yeah, that's you true. Know what I mean, yeah, we're trying to look at the whole so, big picture. And speaking of that, speaking of that, it's time uh, to pick the next film. It is very much time to pick the next film. That's and, over to you, Matt. Uh. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think that it's time for us to visit our latest James Bond, Mr. Daniel Craig. But I don't think you can do Casino without doing Quantum immediately following it. So we're actually going to jump to Skyfall next. Mm, wow. Okay. We're going we're gonna to pop in. I really feel like it's Mark's fault. I am sorry, but I'm also <laughs> très jaloux of whoever gets to discuss the Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall, it is. There you have it. Um, well, Mark, if you're still if you're free on at uh, 9 p.m. on Thursday nights, <laughs> could be you. Yeah, you, you never know. See, you should see the line out the front door right now. Oh man, um, so Mark Escots. Where can people find you? What's coming up for you next? Uh, I am on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Mark Bernardin. M A R C B E R N A R D I N. Uh, I'm Fat Man on Batmaning uh, at a frighteningly regular pace <coughs> with Kevin Smith on, on the YouTubes at uh, youtube.com slash Kevin Smith. 
I uh, just wrapped my first season on Castle Rock, oh. the Hulu show from J.J. Abrams and Stephen King, which will allegedly hit the Hulu screens in 2018. Um, and I am in the early stages of a new podcast venture oh. with, uh, with the great and wise and wonderful Trisha Helfer. Oh, we are Whoa. doing the Battlestar Galacticast. Oh, and we are going to roll our way through seventy-seven episodes of Battlestar. Show. I love. You know that what? Show. I've never watched it. Oh, it's wow. so good. And the reason I've never watched is because I know how deep I have to dive into things I love. <laughs> That's how and I, I am love with Twin Ronald Peaks. D. Moore yeah. so much. Yeah, that I was like, I do not have room in my life. For Battlestar Galactic. I made room after watching one or two episodes. Yeah. I ate that up. It is so it is so strong in so many ways and then goes off the rails in so many interesting ways. Yeah. That uh that I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. So Excellent. yeah, we should, we recorded a pilot and we're hunting for a podcast home. Oh. And but I, th- there's a couple of promising leads. So definitely by the end of the year we'll great. roll that out. Matt, you're on After Trek Sunday nights. Sunday nights right after, after your Star Trek. Trek Discovery and on your CBS All Access. You can find me Tuesday nights at midnight on uh, at, uh, Alpha. You can go to projectalpha.com and watch Sidekick with Matt Myra. Uh, watch this. This episode comes out on Tuesday. And tonight, Matt Gorley is the host of the show. And Seth Morris is our guest, so you can tune in and watch Matt and I interact in real video if you go to projectalpha.com. It's called Sidekick with Matt Meyer. That's the name of the show. And uh, Wednesday nights, if you're sitting around at 8 p.m., you want to turn on ABC, you can check out the Goldbergs. That's right. For me, I'll be on Sidekick with Matt Myra <laughs> Tuesday tonight. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the usual other podcast places, but also check out my wife's new podcast, Ooh. the complete wedding on Stitcher premium, part of the complete woman series. Um, I'm on it as well, but this is her joint and I helped with the production and stuff. It's, it's really, really funny. I can't recommend this thing enough. Also, she has a new pro- podcast with former guest Maria Blasucci called the big ones where they tackle the big philosophical questions like, if you were at a wedding and you found out that the groom cheated on the bride five minutes before, would you tell her? And they discuss things like that comedically. <laughs> it's really good. And uh, finally, go to podswag.com slash bond and buy the uh, either hashtag Kananga balloons or hashtag pigeon double pigeon take. Double take. <laughs> Kananga balloons. <laughs> now I want a bunch like a like a Disney balloon vendor with a bunch of Kanangas just floating up well, there. I mean, our Why James didn't Bond we make park. a actual Kananga balloon? <laughs> well, we'd have to probably ask Yafit Koto if we could use his likeness. <laughs> He's dead, right? Didn't he die? No. Did he He's, not die? No, no. What you're, where am I getting what you're remembering is his tale oh, yes. of UFOs oh, where God. he was abducted <laughs> as a child. Brought this up and kill him for his face. <laughs> Uh, Can we also do Sharky Buoys? Oh, that sounds... <laughs> this is all great. Great, great stuff. I, I just have to Google that really quickly to make sure. No, Yafakoto is still very much with He it. sure is. Yeah. All right, thank well, goodness. thank God. Thank God for small miracles. Ladies and gentlemen, Yafakoto is still with us. This is James Bonding. Skyfall will be the next episode, and James, James Bonding, Bonding will, will return. James Bonding Podcast! Hey! 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.